Hey guys, welcome back to Second Dinner. It's me, John Isidore, your very best friend. This is Nicole, soon to be Isidore, not your best friend. <laughs> what up, though? I'm Thomas. And I'm Diamond. Not. I'm really I'm thinking about friend. walking back that whole very best friend thing because I don't know who listens. I don't know. To I think you got to keep it in with I, Nicole's response. I, I feel like that's. <laughs> I That's felt like I just commitment. didn't notice him. I was like, but he said something, but I don't, okay, I'm not your best friend. How about this? We're no one's best friends. Oh, no. That's <laughs> like second first. dinner. Except no each other. Is that, is that what we We can be each other's best friends. Okay. You're In not no a friend now. and me. Stop it. They have to pay for that. Okay. Okay. Cool. No royalties. Sorry, Pixar. No free checks unless you're coming to us. Unless right? you're cracking. Or, I was going to say, yeah, that's good. Crack a spice room. Let's get that money. Uh, well, we were initially going to talk about Enter the Spider-Verse, but then we didn't record for a bit, and then we watched a whole bunch of movies. So we got we have uh, Enter the Spider-Verse, Bumblebee, Aquaman. I think we all saw Bird Box, so maybe Bird Box, just because that's, that's what's happening. Diamond, have you seen Misfits? Yeah. Okay, because we watched like two seasons of that with Thomas over the break, so maybe Misfits too. All sorts of good, good stuff to talk about. Into the Spider Aqua <laughs> Bumble Transformer verse. Box. 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 The Misfits. Bumble. Oh my god, it's Bumble. Bumble Man, enter the Aqua Spider. Misfits. Box. Misfits. A, a misfit bumblebird enters the oh, aqua I forgot spider the bird. I did it! I win. Good job. You're the winner. Thank you. What did I win? A puppy. My presence. Yeah, you have a puppy. Um, what? I love puppies. That's perfect. Well, she not has one, one licking her right now. That is disgusting. Twist. It's Cairo. Ugh. Anyway. Right? Anyway. Um, I... I, what I want, what I want from us today as a group, and you listeners, you're involved, you're invited. To, I mean, you can't talk, but you can listen. Guys, I just want to talk about movies. I just want to talk about stuff with you. Is that okay? Can we do that? Yes. So there's no structure. No, there never was any structure. But where are we starting? Uh, I think probably Spider-Man, because that is the one we saw yeah, first. Yeah, you want to start at the beginning? All right, well, Diamond. You know what you have to do for us right now. All right. First 60 second recap of the new year. Woohoo. All right. Are you ready? Let's get it. We ready. Someone better be taking time. Okay. So Into the Spider-Verse starts off with Miles Morales. And he is in a universe that has a Spider-Man. And something happens and that Spider-Man dies. And... Suddenly, spoilers. all these <laughs> there's always spoilers. So suddenly, all these different uh, universes collide, and suddenly there's a bunch of different spider people and pig, and they have to solve the problem of Fisk having a like super collider thing, and all these other bad guys, and Miles has Hi. to grow up and decide. Oh no! What? What? Oh, it's time. That's 30 seconds. It's oh, 60, yeah, 60 seconds. Also, your phone said 26 Goodness seconds. Gracious. That's because it took me a little bit to pick it up after she started. All right. This doesn't count against your time, Diamond. Please continue. You have 20 seconds. <laughs> I have 30 more seconds. Okay. So, yeah. Miles has to grow up and decide that he wants to be a spider person. 
and all these things happen with his uncle and his dad and um, just with the other spider people and they win the day and everyone goes back to their own universe. The end. And then Miles becomes the only Spider-Man. Alright. I never got back to my universe. I was transported into his universe and I'm still there. Alright, well. Are you, are you talking as the brown recluse? No. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> He's John Isidore. Gotcha. Yeah. Who is the brown recluse? Is that a Spider-Man person? Don't worry about it. Is we're that just a spider? Gonna be, we're moving on. People? We're moving on. Really? Because I feel like he you're a spider exist. person and you should break down what the brown recluse is. No, I don't have to do it. You're right. So what do you think of this voice. movie that I'm not responding to you about right now? Beat about that boop, bat bat Hands down, the best part of that movie. <laughs> I I disagree. That has been stuck in my movie? head since I saw it again on Sun Monday. So there's that. Um, no, I just really like it, and I've been telling everybody that I know, even people who don't like superhero movies, that they need to go see it. Cause it's just good, right? That, it's just good. It was super cute too. It wasn't only good for people who like superheroes, but also just like a foreign, heartwarming family kind of movie as well. And one thing I really loved about it was the animation style. Mm. I love how they had like all the pop art in there as just part of the movie instead of making it seem like its own separate thing. It was just the style. I thought that was awesome. I, I haven't really seen that in another movie. It hasn't really been used. I didn't like the the random like 3D effect on like the edges. Oh. I didn't like that. It felt distracting to me. But besides that, yay movie. I felt like it was um like that that effect that sort of blurred edges thing was sort of like a weird version of so like when you when you're watching a movie, the camera tells you what to pay attention to, right? Yeah. That's the camera's job. But in that one they gave you multiple things to focus on and like the blurring out of everything else was to show you to focus on something sort of like teaching you how to watch a movie yeah even though we've been doing it for a long time but um there was definitely parts where they would like i don't know it, it doesn't look as weird or maybe it looks more weird and more obvious when they shift focus in a live action movie but when they shifted focus in the sort of animated Spider-Verse thing, it felt like it was sort of heightened by everything else being blurry to start with. That's sort of my feeling of it. Mm. Did you end up seeing it in 3D the second time? No, I did not do that. I I, I wonder if it's if it changes anything. Yeah, I don't like, know. I don't know if that was like an actual 3D effect. I think it was just their art effect. That's what they were doing just generally their art, not as a like this should be 3D thing. Right. Um, so, do you guys have a, uh, a f- like, favorite Spider-Man movie? This one. Really? Like, this is surpassed the Spider-Man 2? I think two? so. I mean, I really like Spider-Man 2 for, like, the longest. Just the Tobey Maguire, Dr. Octopus one. I think that was my favorite Spider-Man movie. Same. For, for the longest. And I... I flirted with changing my mind when that homecoming came out, but I never did it. But I think I think I'm done now. I think it's I've moved on. I've only seen Spider Verse once, uh, and so Homecoming is still my favorite. But uh, this is great. <laughs> but do you do you do you feel like the best Spider Man movie has to be your favorite? 
Mm. No, no, I think you can like things. I mean, when we get to Aquaman, we're going to talk about how I can really, really love something without it being the best at anything. Right. <laughs> but, um, but I think in this case, well, as far as I feel, I feel like this was the best Spider-Man movie. And it's also my favorite. Even more so than Homecoming? Which one? The best or the favorite? Uh, the the best, best part? Because I feel like as Peter Parker, Tom Holland's uh, was the best. Yeah, but this is in a movie called Peter Parker, right? It's Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So it doesn't have to be the best Peter Parker, which Miles Morales could never win at. Although there were two Peter Parkers in this one, and I think yep. they're both better than... Then Tom Holland... Wait, wait, wait a second. Really? This, I think, is good. I want to continue with your thing. So remember what you said. I got you. But do we need to, like, do a spoiler roundup? Spoiler alert! Or is it just established that we're spoiling just everything? We're spoiling everything. What's a spoiler roundup? I don't know. I'm just thinking... It's like, I think there's three main spoilers in this movie. Um, Peter Parker dies. (gasps) Um, Wait, there's more? No, Peter Parker dies... Um, Dr. Octopus is Olivia and uh, um, the Prowler is Peter Parker's uncle. And yeah. those are the, yeah. the surprises, those are the spoilers, those are the fun bits that maybe you should just censor. But it doesn't matter because here we are. But go on with your best Spider-Man business. Uh, no, just that I feel like sometimes people feel pressure to, to say that um, a certain movie because it's the best has to be their favorite when that doesn't have to be the case and I was wondering what you guys' thoughts were so like if somebody likes Terminator Salvation as their favorite Terminator movie even though most people consider Terminator 2 to be the best that was my point I'm just now I'm thinking about which is my favorite Spider-Man because I think with this movie we see like multiple spider people Hmm. so like Miles is just learning to be one so He's kind of out of the running for me just because we haven't really seen him be Spider-Man except for like the last maybe 10 to 15 minutes. Um, I guess maybe more like last 30 minutes. But we've got like other people that we can look at. We can look at the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. We got Tom Holland Spider-Man. We got Andrew Garfield. Uh, yeah, we got Garfield Spider-Man. We got no. Yep, we got those. We got all the Spider-Mans. Um, Spider Man. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know which is my favorite Spider Man, per se. Like, I don't know. I personally like. I'm super excited because I know that they're already going to make a spinoff with like Gwen Stacy and some of the other ones, and so I'm super excited about that because I personally like. I love Jessica Drew from the comics, so I'm super excited about her. So from the comics, she's my favorite Spider-Person. So I haven't really decided who in movie form is my favorite Spider-Man. This is interesting, though. The thing about my, sp- my favorite, my favorite, my favorite fighter person is um, the superior Spider-Man. The Spider-Man that happens when Dr. Octopus the- kills Peter Parker and takes over his body and tries to be a better Spider-Man than him. That one's my favorite. That's my favorite Spider-Man. But Dr. Octopus was in this movie as, well, it's a different sort of Dr. Octopus. And I loved her. She was, like, one of my favorite people, mm-hmm. even though she wasn't a spider. So maybe I just really like Dr. Octopus. It's kind of like you just really like Octopus. 
Well, there's that's a thing. And I did <laughs> say Spider-Man 2 is my favorite. And that had Dr. Octopus in it. Guys, I'm coming to a realization. <laughs> it's true. Wow. I, you just I like Dr. Octopus. I really do. Man, who could have known? I mean, I, I legitimately didn't. This is <laughs> a surprise like a to all of us. I didn't realize this before. Everyone but John is You there. did not know I like Dr. Are you serious? Octopus. What do you mean? We just knew you like Octopus. Yes, I like know. Dr. Octopus the character. Dr. Otto Octavius Octopus. Wait, <laughs> Dr. Otto Octavius. Yes. You knew that I liked him well, a lot? Well, I don't know about more than Spider-Man, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, that Spider-Man. Uh, no. We all knew you liked him a lot. Slash, Slash it. In this Slash movie. Whatever, guys. Whatever. Slash it. You're Dr. Octavia Spitz. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Academy Award winner. Mm. Octavia uh, Spitz. As we'll Dr. Octo... Whatever her name was. Octomom. <laughs> Olivia. Liv. Whoa. No, that's, that's a, a different bit thing. different. And then <laughs> is she Ganesh? Is she she the Hindu guy Ganesh? Uh, Wait, he had babies at the ends of his arms. Ganesh was no, an elephant. No, I'm just saying. I'm, whatever. I hope not. That'd be creepy. <laughs> anyway, let's not get into how little we know of Hindu pantheon right now. Facts. Like, you dumb person. They'll be like, "Yay, we fan engagement!" That in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Drag me. I did that one for you, Thomas. <laughs> Thank you. All attention is good attention. <laughs> That's the rule, right? Okay, so you don't know, Diamond, you don't know what's your, your best favorite spider person. What would make a spider movie the best? Oh, here we go. Like, does it have do to not. have some amount of Spider-Man? Does it have to be good and feature a spider person? Is there, like, a... Is there a metric for what makes it a good spider-blank movie? I don't know. I think... It's weird because the Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man series is like the first like superhero series I like ever mm, okay. saw. So there's like this degree of which it's the only one you saw. Fine, I'll allow it. Yeah, I well, I saw Spider-Man before I saw Blade, so there's that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think for me, it's hard to separate what I see as what should be a Spider-Man movie from what. To a degree, Sam Raimi introduced in his mm. Spider-Man movies. So while I don't think that Tobey Maguire is the best Spider-Man, I think there's a level of nostalgia? like nostalgia. Yeah, there's like well nostalgia. There's also like this level Spider of like bias. comedic. Yeah, <laughs> there's like but there's also like comedic timing, and like the seriousness coupled with like human dynamics that is not as like that Spider-Man movies up to Homecoming did not have um and i think in a way that even the third of sam raimi's films didn't actually hit um so i think there's like this kind of quirky funniness of peter parker that it kind of needs to be there some way whether it's miles morales embodying that or even peter parker um but also kind of i think there's for me there's the sense that i'm going to see a movie with bright colors that's going to be somewhat comedic um, and somewhat goofy, but also like have a heart to it that maybe some other superhero movies don't have. So like Andrew Garfield's character had a sort of cockiness, um, like sarcasm to his character. I would sort of consider that comedy that they had in their movie. Yeah, I 
I think my focus is on like his relationship to others and the comedy mm. within that. And I don't think that Andrew Garfield's he his had cockiness, but it wasn't really with anybody else besides right. like Gwen Stacy. Um, and so, and I think there is a level of like I do like high school Peter Parker, um, but that's the specific of like Peter Parker. I like high school Peter Parker. Um, even though I grew up with like cartoon Spider-Man, which I think he was like a photographer he, he and not a, in high school like at all. Man. So he worked for the newspaper. He was an adult. He was a grown he's, man. He's a Spider-Man, not a Spider-Boy. <laughs> he was a Spider-Man. He was not a Spider-Teen. Grown up can. <laughs> um, what's it called? I think for for me, my I remember I begged my mom to give me the Spider-Man DVD back in like I think it was 2002 um, and so I loved that movie but I really enjoy Tom Holland's performance as Peter Parker from like Civil War onward um, I'm not really into comics but like it was just something really refreshing about like his youth I just felt like he was like really young like figuring it out sort of like how you said Miles Morales was figuring it out I just loved like the him calling Tony, Mr. Stark, or like just the, oh wow, that was really cool. Like in a fight during Civil War, so I really like his character. I think he's my favorite. I think it should be Miles Morales, but we'll get you there. I mean, part of me wanted to say Miles Morales just because he was black, but <laughs> that's not why I was saying it. But but yeah, we'll t- I'll take obviously it. switch teams. Switch teams. It's growth for me. It's also just so. Fun. I love that about Miles. It was very much that uh, kind of childlike innocence, but mixed with, of course, humor. And then when you add in all of the other components as well, like Diamond was talking about with the colors and that kind of thing. As a whole, it was, it was a really just fun, visually engaging movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Hey, your shoes are untied. This is a choice. <laughs> you know, I feel like I, I've, like, the the look of it is been praised plenty well not like it can't be praised more but like it's been praised a lot but um i thought just the not just like the general idea of it being animated but just like what they did with the animation was very i don't know it it allowed it to be so much more than a lot of superhero movies we watch just because like like a comic page you can do anything and it's going to cost you the same amount of money whether like someone walks on a wall mm-hmm. or jumps through space it costs the same uh, but like in any of the other superhero movies that that takes actors and machines and uh visuals and, and other stuff that would increase cost if you do things a little different and so you can have um a more comic-y feel of just like freedom to do anything and no real physical limitations on stuff that I don't know communicates a lot of action and motion and emotion um, in a way that I felt really satisfying with the cartoony quasi CGI aesthetic. I thought it was really interesting that although it was a cartoon, it didn't feel like a cartoon. When I was watching the movie, that was not a thought that I had in my head that it was just, you know. For example, the old Batman that you saw on TV, or the old Spider-Man, whatever that was. It just I feel like it let you watch that movie kind of in a silo, if that makes sense. 
I don't know. I understand. It's kind of like separating all of that out. Like, yes, it was animated, but I didn't sit there feeling like I was watching a cartoon movie about a superhero. Oh, okay. Got you. From I don't know if any of y'all know any more about the technical aspect of it, but I feel like I had read a thing that said it was like it was CGI, but then they like drew art over the CGI, so it could kind of be both at the same time. Uh, I don't know about that technique, but I know that Disney used to do that uh, sort of in reverse, though. Um, Like, for example, with Beauty and the Beast, with that ballroom scene, um, having the CGI uh, ballroom, but then having the hand-drawn characters. I like with Aladdin in the carpet writing scene. Um, The backgrounds were CGI, but the the characters were uh, hand-drawn, but... No, I've never heard of heard of that technique where it's CGI, but then hand drawn drawn over it in that way that you're saying. Yeah, it looks like uh, Sony is actually trying to patent. Oh, I would. That oh, I would specific... absolutely do that. They want to save it from like Disney getting its hands Why on it. Why did they not patent it before <laughs> they made them? Why isn't this done already? But can you patent it? Because I think it has to exist first. Really. They should have made a short somewhere, yep. patented it, and then made a whole movie. Like, can you really patent you know, an entire artistic technique? I don't know. If it has, like, certain, like, um, software and stuff that you need to do that, you can patent the software. I think Pixar did. So, yep. Like, a long time ago. When yeah. did they patent? Um, I think they patented, yeah, I think they patented the software or... Um, yeah, it, you can't like patent the actual material, but you can put, like patent the way that you made the material. Today I learned. This is- <laughs> if you're interested in the animation pro- uh, process, there's a film called uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty that is phenomenal. It talks about the Disney Renaissance from 1989 to 1994, from before Little Mermaid to ending uh, when Jeffrey Katzenberg left Disney after Lion King. Wasn't he accused of some sort of crime? No. <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> Stop trying to I'm ruin gonna, everyone's childhood. You're a life ruiner. I'm going to get somebody. You're on the offender registry and you're... No, as See, you know, nobody's keep, keep on the names. I didn't say they were on the offender What are you talking about? Listeners, this was a previously... Previously had conversation. They don't know what you're talking as about. As I was trying to ruin everybody's childhood I'm dreams. I'm not trying to do anything like that. You know what? Let's talk more about Spider-Man-verse. Uh, what else <laughs> is good about it? Okay. This was a good thing about it. <laughs> the, um... I liked a lot that, that bit where, um... Spider... Peter B. Parker. He's walking up and down the walls talking to Miles... I love that whole sequence. Mm-hmm. I thought it was it was great and it was wonderful, and um, just the way he could just sort of. I loved how sort of casually, extremely capable um, Peter B. Parker was. Just like he, it's like I'm gonna ring a doorbell with webs. I'm gonna make you sit down with some webs. I'm gonna just walk up and down buildings because that's just normal for me. I like, I really like that sort of casual superhuman aspect of of some of these sorts of characters that I feel like I don't get much. Um, and I guess mostly I'm going to be referencing like Marvel movies because that's where a lot of superhumans are coming from currently. But um, 
Wait, was this DC or was this Marvel? This is technically a Marvel property. Spider-Man's owned by Marvel, but done by Sony in the actual like making of the movie thing. So it's not like um, it's not he's not going to cross over with the Avengers, but Spider-Man is from that universe. Does that make sense? No, but I don't want to stop the conversation, <laughs> so you can keep going. Diamond, you want to like wrap that up in a in a simpler way, maybe? Uh, no. okay. he's Marvel. <laughs> he's not DC. The end. Okay, that'll that'll work Good for now. Good looking Um, but like the the sort of just they they get to just use their powers for regular stuff, not just for fighting people or not just whatever. But it's like incorporated into their lives in sort of like a natural way. And preview mm-hmm. for Aquaman. This was a thing I loved about Aquaman. But we'll get back. We'll get there later. I promise. I promise. Um, but that that sort of just like natural thing that like was real cool for Peter B. Parker but also like each character had their own I'm going to say style and I mean both visually but also way of being um, mm-hmm. just like in their movements and their behaviors and things they, and it really they allowed them to each be very specifically them and have their own sort of just way and I kind of love that a ton who was your favorite? yeah I think they hmm? Out of each character and their uniqueness and their individuality, who is your favorite? Truthfully, is probably Peter B. Parker of the of the Spider Persons. Um, like, I mean, I want to say Doctor Octopus. <laughs> just not a spider she's person. not a Spider I'm Person. Just saying, I'm just saying this is what I want to say. It's not even because, her last name. Because of how, like, I loved how fluid her her tentacles were. Like, she, okay, guys, give me just like a minute. Give me a minute. Let me just talk about Dr. Octopus. All right? You got to And go. All favorite? right. I love. Six I, no, stop recap. messing me up, though. No. <laughs> so, normally, Dr. Octopus, he's got his metal arms, and those are garbage, right? I loved her sort of pneumatic, air filled tentacles. It was just a unique way to do that that also made sense and was creative and fun. But, like, she could also walk around town but still be Dr. Octopus. It was awesome. But they also allowed her a certain level of, like, fluidity that actually looks like how an octopus might move because their tentacles are muscular hydrostats, not things filled with bones. So they're flexible and fluid, and they can be arranged all sorts of different ways. And that felt cool. But also, when she was using them to just, like, hover in the air, the way they just made her, like, physically just, like, sit in herself with, like, her legs just dangling, but not, like, chaotically, just, like... She's being held up and suspended in air. It was awesome. And her hair was like the bulb on an octopus. That was, that was unnecessary, but it was real cool. It was real fun. Um, I liked everything about her. She was great. I'm going to stop now and save however much time I have left. All right. Done. Boom. All right. I do have a question about Dr. Octopus. Uh, this is not from what my is her? What is her name? Olivia. That wasn't... Octavius. Octavius. Thank you. That wasn't my question. Olivia Octavius. <laughs> My question was, what ha- like, why is she super strong when Spider-Man is punching her like dead in her face? She's not. It's just a, an, a thing that's accepted. Okay, so here, this is not part of my time because I'm answering a question. Um, so she's a normal human person, or at least the normal Dr. Octopus is, because I think this character was made for this movie. So she may yeah. have other stuff that we don't know about. But um, normally Dr. Octopus is just a regular guy with some awesome arms. And for most of his history, no one really thought about what happens when a superhuman Spider-Man capable of lifting 10 to 20 tons hits a regular man in the head. But eventually someone figured it out and they turned into a storyline where 
um, Dr. Octopus had brain damage and lost control of his physical body, and that's why he stole Spider-Man's body when he died from all these injuries. But I think with with um, what's, your, what's her name, Olivia, Liv, they're just not dealing with the fact that multiple punches to the skull from a spider person would at best concuss her instantly. Mm-hmm. Got you. But she did seem to have this sort of like padded suit for the rest of her body. Didn't help her head, but... No. <laughs> yeah. So, um... I never answered the question, though. Peter B. Parker. Did you? Favorite Spider-Man. Because <laughs> of um, the, the casual use of superpowers. And he was relatable. Which I think was the point. So getting my body right as he eats a piece of pizza. <laughs> stop yelling at me, Thomas. Yep. Stop yelling at me. Oh my goodness, that reminds me of today. Ended up eating like a pound of crab legs. Guys, okay, this is not a sponsor, but today I went to Arby's. I'll be right back. No, no. No, you have to come back. She has to hear about this delicious new meal from Arby's. Oh my gosh, she does need to hear about this. That would okay. die. Well, I'll tell you why I was there while she's gone. I was there because over Christmas, uh, what's your name today? What's my name? Nicole. 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 Uh, Why you repeat that question like you were stalling for time like a kid? I didn't didn't know I was being asked. I was confused. Oh, man. So, Nicole's mom over Christmas gave me a $10 Arby's gift card. And so yesterday, I used that card because I was hungry. And when I was there, I saw that they were selling this thing that I'm going to tell you about as soon as Diamond gets back. So, at Arby's, they have this thing. It's a, uh, what they call it, a five meat mega stack. It has fish and chicken and nope. roast beef and nope. turkey and bacon on it. That sounds disgusting. And cheese. I ate that oh. today. It was pretty good. Are you a ghost? Are you, is he alive? <laughs> but anyway, that's it. No, he's Peter B. Parker. Thomas, ask your question. How's this nugget still alive? He ate fish and roast beef in one sandwich. This boy has been preparing for this his whole life. That sounds horrible. Like, that sounds absolutely I mean, I'll admit, the fish part was, like, not bad, but didn't add anything. Just the fish part, though. The only part of the food scientists were high. (laughs) It was like, yo, so we have these leftover things. They're like, I'll put it together. Hey, guys, don't knock until you try it. I don't want to throw no, that I'm definitely gonna knock it and won't try it. <laughs> All right, Thomas, you had some questions. <laughs> no, um, so like, I forgot where it came from, but from what I, uh, from what I remember, a couple years ago, there was this person named An- uh, Anita Sarkeesian. I yeah. feel like I said her name wrong. Uh, Anna Sarkeesian. Oh man, no, I you did. Had it right I said the first time, wrong. I believe. Um, I don't know what we're about to talk about. Where she was talking, talking, where she was talking about fridging women. Oh hell! Um, talking about what women? Okay, here Wait, we go. What did you say, Thomas? Fridging women, like killing oh. um, women to like gain momentum. Like Deadpool two was uh, criticized for this yeah. for killing. Spoiler alert: um, the female character. You don't even know her who they name, set up Thomas. Last movie. What do you say? You don't even know her name. No. Wow. It's crazy, right? Wow, um, that was such an integral part of the movie. Okay, but I know you're not trying to talk about Deadpool, so continue on. No, but like they said that in Spider-Man Two, nope. They said that in the Amazing Spider-Man Two, 
uh, that like Gwen Stacy uh, was an instance of like fridging a woman. Was that true? I have thoughts. Who else wants to have thoughts first? Diamond, you ready? My <laughs> thoughts are that like because. I don't know. It was probably... I've watched so many things about Spider-Man recently. I don't know if it was a thing that John Isidore had me watch or something else. It probably was. That sounds right. Um, just about the fact that Gwen Stacy was a boring character and then wanted to kill her off. Um, and, like, I, I don't know. I'm not really sure if that was an incidence of fridging. I think maybe, no. like... Well, I think maybe in it, it's... That wasn't the purpose of it. I think the purpose of it was to get rid of a character that they no one really cared about and they wanted to like move on with the storyline and they wanted him to care about Mary Jane. Mm. Um so I think I think maybe the repercussions might have been could be qualified as fridging. Um but I'm not necessarily sure that that was the initial what they set out to do was to have you know that situation. I think that was more of a situation of, oh crap, we created a character that has no personality. What do we do with her? Hmm. Uh, real quick, uh, it was Anita Sarkeesian. Yes, and, uh, I told you you got it right. From Feminist Frequency, and the video was tropes versus women, women in refrigerators. Anyways, go ahead. So, as far as I'm aware, the term comes out of um, Green Lantern comics where. Oh, was it Kyle? I don't know. Doesn't matter. One of these Green Lanterns had a girlfriend, and a bad guy put her in a fridge. Um, well, he killed her, and he put her in a fridge. Um, <laughs> and then said um, Green Lantern comes. So I'm pretty sure it was Kyle in Major Force, but it doesn't really matter. Um, it was. And he, he comes home, sees this, and the idea is a female character is created and killed for the purpose of motivating a male character to either action or emotion or whatever. Um, now, this is just my loose understanding of the concept. If I've gotten that wrong, you can text Thomas about it. Uh, text, tweet him, I guess. Um, At second no, dinner no, pod. Do it. Ask for it right now. At second dinner pod. Or email me at Second dinner pod at Gmail. You did it again. You said or like R. But anyway, anyway. Um, <laughs> and now if that's the case, then one, we have two issues with Gwen Stacy. Because movie Gwen Stacy is, I think, just continuing the story created by comic Gwen Stacy. Um, and so comic Gwen Stacy was, as Diamond mentioned, a... Um, not a terribly interesting character, but not one that was made for the sole purpose of killing her. She was made as a girlfriend of Peter Parker, and she didn't really have any sort of personality outside of her relationship to Peter Parker, and they got rid of her, um, which would be different from making her and then killing her to motivate him. Um, mm. Especially, and I think this is a thing maybe glossed over with the whole Gwen Stacy thing, especially, especially in the story of Spider-Man, where he literally has a character that was killed for his motivation. It was, it was Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben, like that—that's the thing he does have, and it was a male character. Like that, that happened already. That was the first sort of thing for him. Yeah. Um, but like that's an example of a character whose whole thing was to die to motivate Spider-Man. Gwen Stacy was a character who existed and then was killed. Um, I think there's a little bit of a difference there. 
Now, when it comes to the movie, they could have decided to not kill her. Um, yeah. And, like, they could have changed that. But I also don't think just leaving her as she was is turning it into fridging. And also, I think she, like, she had other purposes. Like, she was a character. She had things going for other than just dying for him. Like, she had a movie and a half, I guess, of being her own character, not just murder bait or whatever. <laughs> I love living. Be ashamed of something happening. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what her valedictorian speech was. It was like, guys, isn't yeah. it great to be alive? Let's not ever die. USA. USA. Make oh my life God. great again. <laughs> Then her neck snap. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. That's so cold. Like, Isidore broke down the scene for me, and it's gangster. Like, I was, I was like, yo, <laughs> that death is it's cold. Like, but yeah, I don't want to die, but. The reversal of it. Um, the Peter Parker that dies for Gwen Stacy, not for, but like in Gwen Stacy's story, that would be a, a switch around to that. That's her, like, you got yeah. a female character who, and she's got her male man who died, not her male man, but her male friend <laughs> character who dies, and that changes her actions and her sort of way she lives. Mm-hmm. But, so there is, it's sort of a tricky situation when you it comes to, I think, especially origins but especially like spider people origins where like sort of their whole thing is they're a young person figuring out who they are and what to do with like the power they have and then someone close to them dies and it helps them figure out how to better be themselves or like Mm -hmm. how to what to do with the power they have Mm -hmm. so they're always going to have a person who dies usually it's going to be uncle ben yeah but sometimes it's going to be someone else and that's also just... Uh, Jemima. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was that? No, you said it'll always be Uncle Ben. So I said it might be Aunt Jemima. Done. What's your other question? <laughs> Uncle Ben's rice. Aunt Jemima's rice. I syrup. understand. That's um, why I'm moving on. No, no, no. I know. <laughs> I like that he's continuing with this. So I, we know I think that's exactly who he's I talking about. I think that's about. funny. Um, so I didn't know what... To, I don't even know how to frame this as a question. But I feel like with um, with all of the iterations, particularly of Batman and Spider-Man, that each actor brought something different. Um, so like Bruce Wayne versus Batman, I feel like Michael Keaton is a good Batman, but Christian Bale is a better Bruce Wayne. And then how Ben Affleck was a good Bruce Wayne, but there was complaints about like his Batman. And then in Spider-Man's, uh, universe. Andrew Garfield, I feel like his Spider-Man was good. Um, like, but like people criticize his Peter Parker. Um, and then I feel like Tom Holland had both traits. Um, and that, like Shameik Moore's or Miles Morales' character was a really great Spider-Man too. So, do you guys, have you guys thought about like how each actor has brought both positive and negative traits are um, if you like a specific version of a Spider-Man because of things like that. I, I'd agree with that. Although I want to go real quick back to Bruce Wayne. I think yep. Ben Affleck was a it. perfect Batman. He was a perfect really? Bruce Wayne and a perfect Batman, except for the whole murdery bits. But like, everybody oh. murders a little bit sometimes. I feel like that's a what? song. No, that's everybody's a little bit racist. Ooh, spoiler alert. Yep. 
No, but like I liked his Bruce Wayne because well, his Bruce Wayne is Batman because I felt like his he was a character who had his Bruce Wayne be just another tool for Batman to get the information he wanted. So like he was Bruce Wayne and a good Bruce Wayne, like he could act up as a as a famous guy, but then he would use that to go behind someone's computers and get information. Like Bruce Wayne was just another tool for him. You got to see that sort of Batman Bruce Wayne identity sharing, I don't know, in there. And because he could do both of them well enough for both of them as a like, thing that worked for him. But that's just... So do you feel like strange. it was sort of like the, the detective element was was more emphasized? Yeah, the, the detective um, in general was more emphasized, but then also like specifically through Bruce Wayne and the, the ultra-violence. Well, that was just bad. And then the ultra-violence ultra was... That was too much, but... I thought mostly he was real good Batman all around. He's my he's my favorite Batman. Shame about what wow. happened to him. Well, no, no, no. Truthfully, truthfully, my favorite Batman is Dean. Adam West? No, it's Dean from Supernatural. You ever watch Supernatural? <laughs> that guy acts like Batman. Yeah, he's, it's correct. There's some times where he's yep. like really, really Batman. Sometimes he's just a little bit Batman. But he's very much a Batman. And then I... He missed out on his calling to well, be Batman. Actually, he didn't. Because if you look him up, he what? voices a Batman in something. <gasps> yeah. What? You know, I, awesome. I was so convinced of this. I looked him up and I found out he voiced a Batman. Wilfred Dale from Boy Meets World. What? Who's that? Batman. Oh, that's right. I knew that he did one. In Batman Beyond, which is my yep. favorite Batman Who's series. Who's Wilfred Dale? I'm not is that Mr. Feeney? No, that's okay. No, that's yeah. William Daniels. <laughs> oh, okay. I wish it was Mr. Feeney. That'd be amazing. He plays that. Knight Rider. But no, um, Wilfred Dell played Eric on Boy Meets World. Okay. But Spider-Man. Um, but, um, what was it called? Like, Batman the Animated Series, Kevin Conroy? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, he had a really good Batman. Oh, it was. He's, he's really Sorry, the I'm double-checking on Jensen Ackles. <laughs> well, the, the Batman the Animated Series Batman and the Justice League Unlimited Batman, those Batman were, I think all the animated Batmans are real great. The mm. real live Batmans—they're leaving something on the table, or you know what's crazy? Like the fact that Batman the animated series created Harley Quinn, the character. Mm-hmm. It just and felt really like that was something that's always been around. It also inspired Disney's Gargoyles. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Read about it. The oh, the series it... did not Harley Quinn the character. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it was like a one was like, oh, Batman is a thing. Let's make gargoyles. But like, <laughs> there was a lot of influences. <clears throat> a lot of influences yeah, from it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and things they thought they could get away with because Batman did. <laughs> <laughs> Just that darker tone. Yeah. And an interla- interracial, special relationship. <laughs> but Batman didn't have one. But you were asking about Spider-Man, and we've got all lost now. Yeah, I'm trying to decide. I'm still, I think we started off on this conversation and this question, and I still haven't decided who my favorite Spider-Man is. I think, I really like Tom Holland's Spider-Man, and I like his Peter Parker as well. Mm. Um, I like Miles Morales' Spider-Man, but Miles Morales is Miles Morales, so he's not going to be <laughs> Peter Parker. <No. laughs> um, he can be your favorite Spider-Man, I think but he can't be your favorite Peter Parker. <laughs> no, <laughs> he can't be my favorite Peter Parker. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I liked 
I really did like Tobey Maguire's version of Peter Parker. Mm. And I liked um, Andrew Garfield's version as well, like, of Spider-Man. But I think... I, I did like that Tom Holland was both. He was a very good both. Um, I think... I think that's what I liked about this movie is I didn't really have to pick a favorite Peter Parker right. because we got more time with one Peter Parker than we did another. Like, one was kind of the perfect Sam Raimi Peter Parker, and the other one was a Sam Raimi's Peter Parker was Peter Parker for 20 more years. So, like, oh. the first one uh, who played by Chris Pine, the 26-year-old, yeah. you're saying that he was a perfect Sam Raimi one? Well, because he like he had gone through the same things that Peter B. Parker did, but he had only been Spider-Man for like a couple years. He had been Spider-Man for less time, and so whereas I think Peter B. Parker was if Sam Raimi, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, had continued, mm-hmm. um, and I think this was in a video that Isidore had sent us, um, just this idea of like he'd been doing this since he was in high school or college, depending on the timeline, and. Like, that he's a pretty good Spider-Man, a pretty good Peter Parker Spider-Man for having done it for so long. Um, And I think we do get to see, like, even with the other, except for, like, Spider-Man Noir, um, get to see, like, the youth of it. Like, you know, Spider-Gwen is still a teenager. Um, Even in, like, other Spider-People, I guess it kind of counts with Spider-Ham because he is a cartoon character, basically. Um, that there is youth and a naivety and, a, and like a, uh, just like an innocence with him and I think Peter B. Parker was cool because there wasn't an innocence with him because he had been doing it for so long um, like I think of this movie I think my favorite was Miles like, oh I didn't know I could pick I didn't, Miles yeah I'm gonna pick Miles for my favorite spider person for this movie I think second is like Spider Gwen because that's just because I love Spider Gwen and I love women being spider people um so i'm completely biased on that but um no i think i just really liked who miles was in terms of like what he brought to being a spider person i want to go back on that sam um chris pine parker um (laughs) peter pine anyway um (laughs) oh that's two words that mean anyway um he of him being like the, the perfect Sam Raimi one because like I think like they set up a lot of like his his scenes like stopping the train or that car coming in the window whatever the upside oh, down yeah. crit, crit, Chris kiss um, were very Sam Raimi but like they were all they weren't they weren't what happened with Sam Raimi's character like yeah. Parker didn't punch that car back out that window also he wasn't dressed like Spider Man um, their upside down kiss was upside down. Um, well, yeah, um, but also I feel like he was like the ideal Peter Parker. Like, yeah, not, like just like the very very best version of him. Um, sort of the I don't know ultimate. No, you can't say ultimate because there is an ultimate Spider Man who is Miles Morales. But anyway, he was just the best version of Peter Parker, um, and so it was, it was weird. Like I feel like none of the Peter Parkers we see are any that already exist, even if some of them are close two ones that exist. Mm-hmm. Nicole, do you have a favorite uh, Spider-Man or Peter Parker? Oh do, you, do you have a favorite anything? <laughs> and you can pick Dr. Octopus. Well, for me, it's different because 
I don't know the spider people. Like, I don't know their backgrounds or anything. So all I have is really going off of Into the Spider-Verse. Because even in the other Spider-Men, I haven't seen any of them. So, like, the original with Tobey Maguire and, like, Andrew Garfield and all of those. I'm just kind of clueless. So, I don't know. Miles was really cute. But then I like that whole, like, robot thing that they had going <laughs> on, too, with the spider in there. Penny. I'm like, yeah, just yeah. all like, the little emotions they had on his face. Uh, and then I felt the most sad when little little spider robot boy got killed. My whole heart wow. was just like, no, no, put your lights back on. Where you go? <laughs> so I don't know. Miles is cute, but I also think that the little spider boy robot man was super unique. And so just for that, <laughs> number one. So you don't have to pick. We can love them all. I would watch a movie based on the little spider boy robot man. Did you say yours? Because I feel like we answered a, a favorite Spider-Man question. Then there was a favorite Peter Parker Spider-Man combination, which turned back into the favorite Spider-Man question. So I don't know what you've answered yet. <laughs> oh, um, character. Who's your wow. favorite character? All right, uh, I favorite. I mean, you don't have to choose. I feel. I feel like it's. Um, yeah, Tom Holland as. Uh, both Peter Parker and Spider-Man is great. But... No, yep. That's the one I'm... <laughs> that's the one I'm picking. I do love uh, Maz Morales, though. Yeah, who, is that his, your favorite character in Spider-Verse? Oh, in yeah. Spider-Verse? I would say, yeah. Even though Peter B. Parker is a, uh, is a close second, because just them two together is adorable. Do I want to be a father now? <laughs> Wait, no, what does he say? Do I want to have kids? Was, oh, I love that. I love that. Just, I don't know. I felt like oh, it was just goodness. such a throwaway. Like, it was exactly the arc you expect him to go on. And you expect him to reach yeah. the end of it. But you don't expect him to reach it that just offhandedly in the middle of a fight and get interrupted. You expect it to be like a whole big yeah. moment. But it's not. But it fits his character. Like a speech. In, it's just like. Yeah. He, right. Exactly. Because like, there's other points in the thing where like Maz Morales is there and he's like, this is why I don't want kids. So it's it's exactly in line with that sort of his yeah. thoughts just coming out his mouth. <laughs> oh, that was real great. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm just thinking about that comic strip. <laughs> you text us. <laughs> Wait, it was like. <laughs> what was? I, I don't can't. Even remember what you're I can't about. get through this. Are you talking about the Wednesday? Isidore, oh. you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cancer. The dinosaur one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like. With science like this, but I don't want to cure cancer. cancer. I, wanna cure I don't want to cure cancer. <laughs> Do what your heart tells you. That's Spider Man. <laughs> that Spider Man didn't say that. <laughs> no, but that's like that's the gist of like even just the Spider Man comics and the villains. Ooh, we can get into villains or the lack thereof. Besides Doctor Olivia Octavius. What are you talking about? Lack thereof. What about that big, we had a whole bushel of neck. villains. I know we had a lot of villains. I like I've seen this as like a complaint about this movie is that the villains weren't really the focus was on all the other spider people, of course, um, and oh. that the um, villains had that Marvel problem of not being like extremely good or scary or I don't know what people expect from That's villains, the I have. but I. But I saw a complaint about specifically Fisk, and I think it's hard because season three of Daredevil yeah. came out, and <sighs> Fisk is real, real good in that. Um, so I think 
there is this level of, and I think one of the first reviews I saw of this film was that everything about it was great and it didn't matter that the villains weren't specifically threatening because that's not what the focus of the movie was. I don't think that's um, fair. The focus was on Peter B. Parker and Miles. I don't think that's fair. And, and truthfully, that was the... Um, this isn't like just about the villains, but just the general idea that they have somehow bypassed the whole setup stage of, of, of superhero movies. Um, like DC was sort of bashed for like, oh, you're not making movies individually. You're just starting with everybody. But like, that's what this movie did and it was successful like it worked well it wasn't like that method is wrong you can just do that and i think the thing that happens when they've done that in this movie is they've just started with a world that is full and you don't need to build up you don't need to know like the specifics of certain characters you can just have a world where you're introducing like the characters you want and in this case it's all the spider people and not worry about different concepts even like the multiverse concept they just like jump into it and you get it and you're moving and that also works with the villains like you just have established that kingpin's a guy he has a long-standing relationship with spider-man they're fighting each other whatever and he's got some henchmen he's got green goblin he's got tombstone that's the gray guy um with the guns and he's got uh the prowler and he's got dr octopus all these people they just work for him and um and like it just exists and you get enough of like Fisk it's not the most fleshed out thing but like you know enough to at least get that he's a bad guy and he has reasons for the things he's doing which aren't just mercenary he's not just trying to get money he's got a personal thing he's trying to get but it's still wrong and it's for a bad reason um, and it'll hurt other people so he's got like there's the idea that he has nuance in his character somewhere but it's not you don't have to focus on it um and he can just exist in the world and you've got dr octopus the very very best villain in the movie um and she's there and you've got prowler and like you don't need to flesh out their things you understand the idea of like even prowler is he's a bad guy but he's related to the good guys and he's like that is that's a struggle what more do you need to flesh out about like him um i, I think your question of Oh. Sorry, Isidore. I just like what Don was saying. Like, what did people expect from their bad guys? I don't know if every bad guy needs to do everything or steal the show. Like, they're they're all mm-hmm. functional, but not in a bad way. They're like they have a purpose, and you understand them, and you know what they're doing enough so that you can make sense of the story. I think even even who words each of the henchmen. I feel like they could count as their own villains because it. Am I wrong in that you were kind of grouping them all together and saying that as like a whole, they're seen as inconsequential? Um, I mean, that's not really my view. It's just that like they, I was just saying that you can understand that they're, you get the whole makeup of the world all at once and you don't need a movie for Green Goblin or Dr. Octopus or Tombstone. These are just, they are characters and they are villains and like, Green Goblin's been a main villain in multiple Spider-Man movies that we've had so far. Dr. Octopus has been his own villain. And it's okay that they don't have their own movie here. We understand that they're part of the criminal underground or whatever. Or they work for Fisk. And we get them. We get them enough. Okay, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying, I guess. I was thinking more so of the criticism that Diamond had heard 
and then I'm playing it to this movie when it comes to not having solid villains. And I feel like even though Into the Spider-Verse very much was based on the group of all of the spider people themselves, each of the villains had their own thing going on that did add to it. I mean, I don't really know a thing about Green Goblin. I know that he was kind of at the beginning. And like, isn't he the one that killed the original Peter Parker in that movie? No, um, in what movie? In Spider-Verse, yeah. In this movie, it's a combination. Everyone has a go at him, but Kingpin's the one who ultimately kills okay, him. Okay, listen. But then, like, you have the Prowler and all of the tension that's constantly there with him. Because mm-hmm. it's always like, when is it going to come up again? Oh, God, there's this guy. Oh, gosh, he can do that, too. Oh, no, Miles, what's going to happen? Wait, fuck, and now you're, now you're his. And listen possible. to that awesome theme music. <laughs> 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 so like he constantly brings a lot of stress to the movie and although Olivia doesn't really come in until later um, as Dr. Octopus it's still like when she does you're kind of like what is going to happen is she going to get this thing back is she not oh my gosh now she's chasing oh there's this other Spider-Man oh she's going to hurt them all. what is happening here so although they don't have their own like very distinct stories like what Isidore is saying I agree that they're not needed because they each are still bringing something that's very poignant to the movie in their own right I you say that word right? yeah sure it's good okay we'll go with it yeah uh, I just think like especially with what you were saying Diamond about in comparison to Daredevil like you can't expect like every villain to steal a show and like Kingpin did it he was a good kingpin. Leaf Driver was great. He's like a 5,000 pound man. He, he did his job. Yeah, how'd he fit into that car? We'll never Where know. Where was his neck? He had to gain a lot of weight for that role. I don't know if you know. <laughs> Is he method yep. like Christian Especially Bell? when he's animated. So he has to like gain the weight <laughs> and then turn into a cartoon. Man, that's some dedication right there. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he needs an Oscar. Hardest working man in showbiz, Leaf Schreiber. At least a globe, you know what I mean? Well, I think it even goes to the fact that, like, not every Marvel villain can be... I'm going to focus on Marvel here, because I know we're going to get to DC in a bit. But, like... Wait, wait, how does he say it? (laughs) I don't know how he says it. Anyway, go on. Okay, well, good try. Uh, Not every Marvel villain can be Thanos. Or Loki or Killmonger. I was just about to say, I love that Thanos immediately, like, Usurp well, I mean, Loki. He, I mean, he killed well, him. That's, that's, that's how you get the role. Yeah, that's He's how like you usurp somebody. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those are those the, are the rules. Yeah, you gotta kill him. Um, yeah, no, I think I don't know because I think there is this level. Yeah, I guess a good question. Even we don't have to flow into DC right now. Yeah, flow but like, like Aquaman. It, ah! Yeah, yeah, ah, you got me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like. I guess a good thing to think about is like, what do you expect in a villain? Because I think, I think we're really harsh on villains, especially in the Marvel universe. Mm. Um, yeah. There has been some weak ones, but because I mean, we started off with no, that was Avengers. Never mind. Keep talking about. No, I think yeah. I I guess I just want to know what people like because that's been the number one complaint I've seen about this is that the villains aren't really much, and it's just like, do they have to be? And like, was um, it powered much? Yeah, like I, like I think, really, just all we needed was Prowler, like, and then the world ending. But like, we just needed Prowler and like uh, Doc Ock, but because um, they were basically what was causing the space time continuum, and then you know Miles's whole situation. But I think like, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to think of what I expect from a villain. 
I think I expect them to antagonize the hero as a basic situation, yeah. but also like to be a point of growth for the hero. I think there has to be some sort of like mm. challenge to be something more. And I think, you know, Prowler gives that to Miles, but so does Fisk because he has this desire to defeat Kingpin because of what happened to Prowler. Um, and just to be clear, Fisk yeah. is Kingpin, yes. right? Okay. I don't know about all I want from so. a villain, but I think in your talking, a couple things came to mind. One, I think I want them to be understandable enough to make sense of what they're doing. Like, I don't have to understand everything they want, and I don't think what they want needs to make sense necessarily, but I have to understand that, like, their understanding of what they want. So, like, just go mm-hmm. back to Thanos, like, he's got some, like, nutso ideas but we know he it makes sense to him or at least he feels it and like that is sufficient for yeah. me to believe that the villain wants what the villain wants for some reason that makes sense to them um and then mm-hmm. also for them to cause a problem for the protagonist in a specific way not just like i want to take over the world but or whatever and you have to deal with it but like they they cause some sort of specific conflict or issue for their for their hero and so, like like you were mentioning, like, as an area of growth, like, that would cause an area of growth for their hero. So, like, Prowler, for me, was, he didn't have huge plans. He was, he really was just a guy following out, like, trying to complete a kill order, basically. Kill Spider-Man. He, yeah. All, that's all he had to do. Nothing else really mattered for him. Um but that, because of who he was, caused a specific issue for this Spider-Man. So he was, like, he caused tension. He made the story interesting because of who he was and what he wanted. Um, and it didn't need any more than that. Um, and so that, like, that works. That's why I think Prowler was, like, the, the thing for me. Fisk almost almost didn't matter to me that he had stuff going. Like, I felt like he was a problem for Spider-Man, but not for Miles yeah. Morales. And that was okay, because yeah. guess what? We had a bunch of Spider-Men, so he could be their sort of collective problem while Prowler was Miles' specific problem. Yeah. That makes sense. And Dr. Octopus was just awesome in everyone's problem. When Prowler uh, had him on the roof, and then he found out who Miles was, and then he put his mask down, I thought it was on some execution heartless type. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> It's crazy because, like, you know, he's not going to kill Miles, but then you I think he's going to try. I thought he was going to I thought he was going to give it the old college try. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I was sitting next door to Isadora. I, next door. About <laughs> I, was to I was gripping this man's hand so hard. I for real thought some stuff was going to go down there. I didn't think that Kingpin was going to step in. I thought it was about to be some. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only reason why Kingpin stepped in was to murder. <laughs> I know. I thought it was about to be a family feud. That's just the way it came. That was some sick stuff, though. He pulled it down like, I can't look at you, but I'm still. I was like, yo, fam. (laughs) Oh, snap. Mm. Oh, no. Literally, fam, though. (laughs) Quite literally. (laughs) Yeah, that was a a rough little moment. Yep. Ooh, you just took me back. (laughs) Probably was great. I need to set yep. my like wake up alarm with the theme music. Not when you have my house. <laughs> <laughs> now did they say mm. Right? That's all I'm thinking about right now. The theme music? Probably. Yeah. 
that came okay so I watched it again today and the theme like his thing came on when he comes back to his apartment and I almost yep. went to in the theater again <laughs> I love that it's a <laughs> verb now uh, if you don't know what we're talking about go see Split and listen to our review on Split it's episode 16 Trans Shalomalan Orchestra <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good recall there, Thomas. Exact episode and everything. Mm-hmm. Look at that editor go. Except it's not Shalomalan. It's Shalomalan. But I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Hey, it works, guys. Oh, where were you at with Split? What happened? <laughs> I just thought of it, man. Let's go back where you That's that, funny so. as heck. I hear you talk about we a lot. Oh, you speak French now. <laughs> See, when there's editors, you got editors' notes, right? You're the editor, and I'm the notes. I don't, I don't know if that's how that works. Diamond, is that how that works? Sleep. Help me. Sleep. Sleep. Sure. Nice. <laughs> Not at all. But you know, they okay, try. So, there's some there's some wacky stuff that I, I've read that I'm gonna throw at you guys. Um, Go for it. This one, I feel like I might just have to explain because anyway. There's the, and this does not count against my time, but Dr. Octopus, she <laughs> says. You have four seconds left in your time. Peter I Parker don't know what says, you're trying to do. Peter Parker says, so your friends call you Dr. Octopus, or yeah, Doc Ock. And she's like, no, my friends call me Liv. And then when she shows up in the house, Aunt May says, oh, great. It's Liv. Liv which is a great, great delivery. I love it. And so one of the wacky things that I read was, Someone suggesting that um, they formerly were in a relationship. And this isn't completely wacky because Dr. Octopus and Aunt May did, in fact, get married for a little bit. What? He was trying to steal an island from her. Don't worry about it. Um, it's Why does she have an island? She doesn't know. She inherited it. Oh. Although who she's inherited okay. from, I don't know, because she's a thousand years old. But whatever. <laughs> um, so that's the thing. But... No, I think that's too far, but I do like the idea because um, it, it made sense to me that, like, this Aunt May is a real smart Aunt May, right? She makes these spider webs. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she's making the technology that Peter has. And, like, she's got this secret base. She's whatever. She, at, at the very least, was at some point friendly with Liv enough to be taught her like that. What if she's a super scientist who, like, used to they used to run in the same circles or whatever i like that sort of like that that fiction yeah (laughs) yeah i just like that one anyway anyway that's one thing another one was um completely forgotten by me so we'll just keep moving (laughs) so uh aquaman (laughs) wait are we doing aquaman right now you want to uh okay wait how about this this we've been really really lax on our Drinking games. Wow. So, yeah, you're right. Drinking yeah. game for um, Enter the Spider. Anytime shots. you uh, hear the Prowler theme, take a shot. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Also, that theme is throughout the movie. Like, I was listening to the score and it, and even just the soundtrack. They, like, kind of hide some of that. Like, the Prowler theme is kind of throughout. Like, it's major yeah. in, like, the actual theme, but like I was listening to even just some bits and it was interesting to see how like they intersected with one another, that that was kind of a, almost like a main undercurrent besides the like main Spider-Man Peter Parker theme. 
It's almost like he was hugely important to the movie. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're right. There's no villains of any worth in this movie. Oh. No, not at all. That's a good, um, good one. I'm hmm, trying to think of other... Whenever Peter Parker nonchalantly does nonchalantly, <laughs> <laughs> wow, nonchalantly and nonchalantly, <laughs> does a spider thing. What do you mean a spider thing? Like his nonchalant, I'm going ring your doorbell with oh, spider webs. I would, I'm just I would walking along, no big deal. Just kind of hanging out. So never he does a spider yeah, thing. Yeah, along. Along with that, I was going to say, anytime that Miles says, please stop sticking, please stop oh, sticking. This is going to be a couple like short moments where you die. Uh, whenever Miles says, it's <laughs> a choice. Do you use it a lot? I remember a couple times. But that can okay, be a water we'll shot. How about, this, like, is, this is a nice easy It's like easy three or four one. times. Anytime, um, two, I got two here. Anytime someone glitches. <laughs> oh my and God. And then anytime you can see the wind of Spider-Man noir affecting a character. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have some eagle eyes and with this drinking game they're not no, no, going no, to be so every time he's on the set yourself up for failure <laughs> i want to go re-see that now. except for that bit where he says where's the wind coming it's from his wind and it smells like rain <laughs> no there's a bit where peter porker's on his shoulder and his ears are getting pushed back by the wind goodness gracious that's funny whenever miles morales sings what does he do, Isidore? He doesn't do anything. I missed it. Nothing. <laughs> Those are also pretty and good. And we'll never ones. hear it again. I hear it quite often. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll never hear it recorded again. Anytime a character dies. Wait, there's only Wait, a couple. Wait, whoa, rude. <laughs> it's just more than Besides normal. Besides Crowley, that who man. died? Parker. Peter the Parker? Oh, yeah. Never mind. Oh, robot. Um, Wilson Fisk's hope for a family <laughs> reunion died. Oh, that's... A whole bunch of times on that train, because every version of his family saw that. Goodness gracious. Yeah, and his family actually died. We saw them die. You know what? This is not really related at all, but I really liked how um, the Latino side of Miles' Afro-Latino was a yes. thing. Because I feel like... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't keep up with the comics Miles is in all that much, but I, I did read them when they first came out. And it was like, it's not like they didn't acknowledge it, but it never felt, it felt more like he was, he's black spider. Mm. Like he's the, he's black, not Afro-Latino. Yeah. So while definitely in this movie, his mom did not get near as big a mm. role as his dad yeah. did. Um, he, like he himself, like you could, you could just, like it was there in him. Whether it was like him going through the streets, exchanging like his regular hellos in English and in Spanish, or <laughs> talking with the one Spanish villain back to him in Wait, Spanish. Wait, did that actually happen? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Who when the scorpion Spanish? fights him, he responds to him really? in Spanish. Because that was one thing that I did want yeah. Yeah. more of. I wanted him to speak more Spanish. But the things that you're saying, yeah. I guess, it was... It was... But what it was, it was just, it was just natural. It wasn't gotcha. like there was never a point made. It was like... He was black, he was Spanish, and so, like, it's just like in his regular yeah. interactions, he came out, and I really like that about, like, that you got to feel Representation that. matters. Yeah, you don't notice it because it's not forced, and so it's just like, mm. this is what it yeah. is. Yeah. You're able to just watch the movie as it's supposed to be watched. I think whenever there's 
teenage angst with Miles and his dad. That's a drink right there. Oh shit! What? But isn't that every interaction? Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's, that's every interaction. You say I love you. I love you. Hey. Speaking of his dad, though, his dad and uh, Prowler, I I like that there was no. It, it wasn't as easy as dad is good, uncle is mm. evil. Like the the characters yeah. were more than that, and like he learned from both, and he resisted both. Well, resisted yeah. maybe a strong word because I don't think he really resisted either of them. But like he was separate from both. I but guess. equal. But he yeah. he also liked things from both of them and got stuff from both of them. And I I love that when Prowler died, it wasn't on some like there was no confusing it this was your fault and there was no dad being like spider-man is the worst guy ever or whatever i mean no more than he already felt i guess but like, yeah i i like that that wasn't a because those are would have been easy places to go with it i think yeah they did they definitely only did the whole like i want to put a new apb out on the mm. new spider-man um and i think that was like the only bit we got besides the end when he's like you know i used to think who was yeah responsible for my brother's death but like you didn't yeah it wasn't this whole you didn't get to see him go out on this entirely new yeah, yeah. like anti-spider man you talking about outside thing. of when Peter died um, the first time and he asked he was like hey what do you, how do you think about Spider-Man he's like you know how I feel about Spider-Man like, you talking but, like about even that wasn't like, yeah like that was just a regular just, it didn't like jump up higher than that gotcha. later when like he sees him yeah. over his, his brother he didn't become like a, a vigilante trying to track down Spider-Man on his own, yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man, this movie was great, guys. Facts. All right, I told, I, t- I told, your name is Nicole tonight? It is Nicole tonight. Okay. <laughs> um, I told Nicole this, this, this is a secret, guys. Don't tell any of our listeners. But the first time I watched it, I was laughing the whole way through. That show was hilarious. This time I watched it. And I was having a whole bunch of like real happy tears near the end of this movie. And, oh, shut up. It's not that serious. Um, but it was just like the thing that kept coming into my head. And maybe this is because I've watched Aquaman a couple times and had to figure out if certain accomplishments were earned or not. Um, but like I felt like a lot of like the nice like moments towards the end of this were like really earned. And I didn't have to convince myself of it. I could just like feel it. And it was just it was just nice. It was just like every time they do something cool or like something works right or a character reaches the end of their arc or realizes a thing they didn't realize. There's a whole bunch of like real nice moments or even when they're saying goodbye to each other, touching moments. It was nice. It was good. It was heartwarming. I like that Miles got to be his own person. Like there was that end of the movie and they were just like did you teach him that? And it's like, no, I didn't teach him that. And it was just that like, thing, though, no, it was just that thing he does. I, I, okay, yeah. So the first time I saw, it, I wasn't sure. It was like, <laughs> does he just come up with that on his own, or is that the stuff he saw from the first Spider-Man? And I think some Are you of it's his about own. visibility or something else. No, no, like um, when he does that cool trick to like get all the way to the button or whatever at the end. Like um, he leaves Spider Gwen and B Parker on the ground, and he gets like a little jump drive. And he's like, watch the hands, not the mouth. And then he does a whole bunch of cool tricks and gets back yeah, up on yeah. the ceiling. Parkour. <laughs> uh-huh. That's where he learns it. He learned it from no, the he, Like, 
I don't know if all of them are, but I was watching it this time, and some of those are the same moves that the Spider-Man, like, blonde mm, Spider-Man oh, does. And I kind of like that yeah. as, like, a, he got a bunch from his interactions from all these Spider-Man, but he also got some from the first Spider-Man who died that we never talk about and no one is sad about, except for, like, one speech. Yeah. Um, Hold on. That what, impact what? was, like, the scene when they all were looking on the phone and when uh, they had, like, the, the gifts at the grave. I mean, like, I mean, it Stan was, Lee's like, people cameo. felt it. People felt it. But, like, it was, it felt to me, like, in Star Wars when Obi-Wan dies, and it's sad, like, intensely sad, but then we move on and don't mention it again. And it felt like that to me. Where, yeah. Like, he died. The whole New York felt it. But the actual spider people, I mean, I guess they don't know him, and that's fair. But it just, I don't know, it seemed like... I think, but whatever. It's not that bad. I mean, even when they went to Aunt May's house, she was like, "There's no more. I don't want any more visits." All right, I'm off it. <laughs> I'm, you're right. They they cared. They felt it. Yeah, I think it's more the idea that like he doesn't really impact mm. any of the other spider people in this movie. He impacts New York, and he impacts Miles, but he doesn't necessarily impact those others. Like, None of the other spider people knew him, yeah. But Miles does get some of those cool moves from right at the end. Hmm. And at, for, at some points in the movie, I've been expecting him to, like, learn one thing from each spider each person. Like, right. Like, specifically, like, he gets to fight from Spider-Man Noir, and he learns to hack from Penny Parker. And I don't know what the fuck he would learn from Spider-Ham, but something funny. Or he learns, like, <laughs> how to how with that hammer gracefully from Gwen and other shit from B. Parker. But he doesn't really get those specific lessons. But he just sort of like a yeah. general betterment he gets. But I like sort of this little remembrance of, of Blonde Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. This movie had one of the greatest yeah. confrontations I've ever seen. Like with B. Parker and Miles. When Miles is like, I'm ready. Yeah. He's like, you're not. And then he webs him down. And he's like, if you're ready, break out of this. I use your electric shock right now. And I just thought that that was phenomenal. Like, there wasn't, like, a big realization in that moment or whatever. They just let that moment happen, and he figured it out on his own. I thought that was an awesome scene. Like, it was done real well. But it did leave me feeling like when he, like, that happens, then he hears his dad talk, and then immediately he becomes ready after Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I, Mm -hmm. I felt like I needed a little bit more. Like, I needed to know what happened there. And maybe it was in the words Dad said or whatever, but it just, it was a real quick yeah. turnaround. But, like, the scene itself, I thought yeah. was super great. He needed his black father to speak yeah. life. <laughs> I can't even, I'm done. Powers only come from fatherhood. You tried. Um, and so that's why the importance of the black father in the neighborhood. Because the man has the, all right, I'm off Oh, he's on his thing. <laughs> Rest in power, Thomas. I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Prowler, rest in power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they rest in power, Aaron. That seemed real weird to me that they like. I know he was trying to like that was his brother, or whatever. But like, the cop put a criminal on the wall of the police station. <laughs> this seems weird, though. That right? that is true. <laughs> it's a little weird. Yeah. Rest in Prowler. Okay. I don't think he knew that like Aaron was a criminal. He found his body. Oh yeah, with the costume. He was wearing still. the Prowler yeah, yeah. outfit. But his dad ain't no snitch. Oh man! Oh my god! Okay, I think right there we're done with Spider-Man because that was perfect. 
Ugh. Papa ain't no snitch. Overall, sorry. <laughs> ain't no snitch. That's hilarious. Uh, that should oh, be the title man. of today's podcast. Papa, Papa ain't no snitch. <laughs> no mention of any of the movies that we actually watched. Papa <laughs> ain't no snitch. <laughs> so, Aquaman. Well, his papa wasn't a snitch. His papa was sitting there waiting out for her day. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, man. And he's recording. Okay, okay. This is where I want to start here with Aquaman. Go. Right? Okay. Uh, his dad did not give him any, any powers. His mom gave him all his powers. But no. Gave yes. him dope tattoos. Something I was, I was realizing as I watched it the second time, the... Um, one of the things I liked about this, and I referenced this in the Spider-Man bit, is just how I felt that Carl Drogo, uh, Aquaman, was just really casual in his superhumanity. Like, he would just jump in water and swim, or like, he was just big, strong man all the time. Like, there was no separation of the superhero yeah. from the man. He just was that, always. And I think you like I I really saw it in that bit where the tidal wave comes and hits the truck or whatever, and he's driving the truck, and then suddenly he gets speared through the chest and he's in the water, but he's okay with that, and he just swims back to the truck, and he's okay with that, and he's just looking for his dad, 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 where are you? But he's just, it's like he fell off a bike and he's looking for his dad, not like a tidal wave put a like a power pole through his chest, knocked him out of the car, and he had to find his dad. I don't know. It was just, just like very not special for him to be as special as he was. But yeah, I, I like, I really liked. I think the best scene in that movie for me is when they're at the bar right at the beginning. Yes, and um, like he's trying to, he can't drink as much as his dad, basically. And then that happens, and then he gets these pictures, and he's trying to be all standoffish and whatever, but then he just gets into the whole picture-taking thing, and he's just like, he's a fun guy. Sounds like Isidore to me. He's like a regular dude, um, even though he can lift a submarine just up through the ocean, he's a regular guy, and you would literally want to grab beers with him. And, And in that scene, I was thinking, like, does any other superhero, like, have one a family two a dad then three like a dad they're actually in a fun relationship with black panther because no his dad's dead thomas yep and i guess <laughs> technically he can talk to his dad but they have a bad relationship because his dad right was now not great in at least one specific way um so like the only superhero i could think of with a dad off the top of my head is thor, thor. But, like, they don't have that same kind of relationship. Also, currently, Thor's dad is dead. Yeah. So, like, I... You say currently, like, really... Odin's about to come back or something. I mean, like, he he was alive for more movies, but in the latest movie, he has died. Gotcha. That's what I mean. But Odin probably could come back. Don't worry about it. Um, well, if they wanted to pay for him. Um, Anthony Hopkins was but... like, write me out. I want an Oscar. <laughs> He's like, write me out or pay me more, probably. Um, they can, but, Marvel's known for replacing people. Like, Terrence Howard was the first person who signed for Iron Man 2. Then they found out Don Cheadle was available, the and they were like, it ain't nothing to cut that actor off. Snip, snap. 
No, but really. Technically, they cut him off because Terrence Howard wanted out once he found out how much more money uh, Downey Jr. was making compared to him. Even though, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was the whole main character and all. But so he asked for more money and they said no. (laughs) Would you say that? No, but for real, is there any other superhero in these modern movies that has either a good relationship with their dad or has a dad or a family? I'll open it up to... Family. Who's got a family? Wonder Woman has her mom, and I'm only saying this because there's a picture of Wonder Woman in front of my face. Is it the picture (laughs) that I bought for your birthday? Pretty sure sure she's not allowed back to that island. But she has a mom. She's still alive. She had a good relationship with her. Didn't mom banned her from the island? (laughs) 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 Nah, she ran away because she had a human friend. She ran away from her mom? That's a great relationship. So she's not grabbing beers with her mom. Okay. So the only it was good for a time being. The only ones we've got are two people who have immortal parents. (laughs) Anyone else you got? Wait. So if y'all gonna include Wonder Woman, you have to include Black Panther then. No. His parents are immortal. Well, I guess he has his mom. Yeah. Oh, Oh, he does have his mom. Yeah. You're right. Thanks, Diamond. Okay, I'll give it. I'll give it to Black Panther. Angela Bassett's like, never yeah, died. That's why I she's said staying Black alive Panther forever. Again. Yeah, Angela Bassett's gonna I'll, be here forever. I'll give it to her. Although I'm pretty sure they only shared one conversation in that whole movie. Remember well, who you sh- are. That's not a conversation. That's not a conversation. <laughs> she had a conversation when she showed up when he was coming off this plane, when she was wearing earrings of herself. Yeah. Whatever. She gave more. Um. Wait. This. <laughs> Superman's human parents no. are they still around? He let his father die oh. in a, a tornado. Damn! <laughs> yeah. oh, in right. the eye of the tornado. <laughs> oh. He does have a mom. So so far we've got some moms. No dads. Oh, I got some moms. I'm not finding any dads. So it's far like the opposite of Disney. Yeah, Marvel has some daddy issues going on. Oh, that's <laughs> no, like that's true. That's the that's undercurrent. Absolutely of their true. That's a major issue. You yeah. Quill had that dad. He Tony played, Stark. He played football Tony, with his dad. Tony Stark had a dad. <laughs> oh, what about um, the Wasp? Her father. Had a dad. Oh. But she had daddy issues too. Oh, but she did have a daddy though. So it's something. But that same daddy not. put him. Truthfully, I think the Wasp is the best answer so far. Yeah, we've got. The Wasp, wasp is the best answer, although she was estranged from like her dad for a bit there. For a bit, but yeah. But they're getting better. So far, we've got a handful of half answers. <laughs> no one with as good a relationship with their parents as Aquaman. No, really, I think so far, yeah, I think so far the best relationship with a dad is what Aquaman. About, uh, I would even go so far as to say also with a mom. True. Yes, that's true. Spoilers. She's still alive. <laughs> like, Aquaman's got the best, like, family relationship. Like, regular human relationship, non-romantic relationships. That'd be weird. I think that's something that's significant. What about Luke and his parents from Star Wars? Nope. What about Ray and her parents? <laughs> nope. Who's Ray? Oh, too soon. Oh, yeah, she didn't have parents. <laughs> oh, she's nothing. What did, uh, that's okay. What did Janet no, say? Ren. You're about what nine about months Ren? too early. 
Too soon. Too Didn't soon. Kylo Ren kill too his soon. father and try to kill his mother? Or almost kill his mom. Too soon. This is not <laughs> about DC or Marvel. They're not neither of those. This isn't right, DC and Marvel. This is He tries Wars. to, like, blow her up, Thomas. Was this Force Awakens? <laughs> no, Last Jedi. And then she floats through space. Oh, God. Super Ew. Safe. Why did you just remind me of that? God dang it. <laughs> that would have been the perfect way to write her off, but whatever. We're not talking about Star Wars. I like that she did it, but whatever. I mean, I like that That's she used the are. force. It just looked terrible. Um, that was my problem. So, Diamond. <laughs> that, that's just where I wanted to start. We can get into Aquaman. Now. Aquaman. I just like that about him. That Aquaman. Like regular guy our Black with Panther relationships. Who's oh, better? Did you say Black Manta? Are we talking? What did you say? I said Aquaman. <laughs> our Black Panther. Who's better? Fuck, you're just, you're just starting up right now. You're about to run this whole series night. Yep. Um, and I'm only going to about this, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. two hours in the podcast to when I'm done talking about it. Now, how about this? I, I'm not going to fall for your bait, Thomas. <laughs> um, in what respect? With Kondo forever. <laughs> no. Uh, who is the better? Um, all right, no. I'll start easy. Who had the better movie? I say Black Panther. Wow, it's taking you this long? <laughs> well, this is for you. I didn't know you were you asking me this specifically. I'm asking That's all not, of y'all. Okay, fine, 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 fine. This is my thought. The Black Panther movie is undeniably a better movie than Aquaman. Facts. I personally True. had a lot more fun in Aquaman despite its terrible script problems and dialogue problems and True. obnoxious music yes. problems. Ocean Master. That's not his fault, though. <laughs> but Black Panther was a better movie. And I'll stop for now. <laughs> and I'll end my turn. <laughs> I play my, my trap card face down in my turn. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! Deep. Oh, Diamond wasn't even around for that. <laughs> nope. I will, re- I will come back to this, though. It is a trap card. You will see this again. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, goodness. Diamond, what do you think? Diamonds. Aquaman or Black Panther? Better movie. Go. Uh, Aqu- what? Uh, what? Aquaman is... No. It's, let me finish my sentence. Goodness. Uh, I had more fun in Aquaman, but ba- Black Panther is a better movie. Nicole, go. You win, Nicole. Sorry, my headphones are being weird again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with everyone. Aquaman, I laughed a lot. I didn't laugh at all during Black Panther. For the most part, it was objectively good. I mean, don't I touch don't me, colonizer. One can really say that it wasn't. But Aquaman, it was just, it was different. It was more lighthearted. It was more, even though you had this whole thing going on about like who's going to be master of the ocean, we're going to be brothers, and you can have battle to the death. But you avoid the term <laughs> ocean master. This is the thing. Everyone who says ocean, this is a live action drinking game. I knew it. If we say ocean master, take two shots. I don't have any more alcohol. Yay. Take shots for you. We can have an awkward long pause for you to go re up. <laughs> um, yeah, so like you guys said, Aquaman is just a lot of fun. Lots of laughs. Very, I like the colors that were very vibrant because that tends to be my thing. There were lots of points, though, I just got really annoyed at, and that's not something that happened in Black Panther. 
Thomas. That's the only way that Black Panther was a better movie, though. Just like objectively. Other than that, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only, 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 only objectively better. Right. And there are just so many. I got to one. In point. all the filmmaking ways, it's a better. In all the things movie. that make you want to like listen to a story, it's better. <laughs> At one point, <laughs> Isidore and I looked at each other while we were watching the movie, and it was just, we're watching a rom-com right now. Aquaman isn't oh, fact we're doing this a again. rom-com. I'm not oh, on God, this God, one. God, I'm not on this one. Because she looked at me, she said that, I said, it's not a rom-com, because they do communicate. What? No, they but they, the they communicate <laughs> poorly. Aquaman does this whole speech where he's talking about, oh, I don't feel worthy. I'm, it's brute strength. No, he says, like, it's brute strength. I'm a brute instrument. I don't uh, I failed this yes, whole time. I agree with you. And then this but, girl says. But I think that's bad editing. I think that's a bad <laughs> writer, not the characters. <laughs> but they're still communicating, like, which yeah, is the he, thing that doesn't happen. That's in not true. is aware of his character and says <laughs> who he is to this other person without any lie, without any deception, without any mistaking anything. And she... Hears that and says the wrong thing. It's not like she's like, oh, I don't know what happened or what. She was written. She had a lot of confidence in saying that wrong thing, though. I will say that Sicily was Sicily Tyson as a rom com until the fighting started. It looked, it felt like a rom com or a bad romance. And then that whole kiss scene that happened in the middle of that battle. It's like y'all could have chosen any other time. Y'all in Sicily. Y'all could have had a kiss in front of the ocean. Instead, you choose when everyone is dying. They're in the ocean. It's better. It's objectively better to be in the ocean than kissed by the ocean. Because in the ocean, you guys, they take away your tears. Oh, (laughs) I want to. I want to ask you guys. Did anyone notice anything interesting about um, Aquaman's trident during that kiss? Feels like a trap. This is not my trap card. That's it. No. Okay. Because I didn't notice this the first oh, time. No. I watched it again. When they start the kiss, his trident is pointing down. When they, as they kiss, it raises up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a very. What do you mean? It's, it's like. a metaphor for his erection. <laughs> is all I'll say. I like how Thomas just had to act that out too. No, because of his <laughs> hand, not his penis. <laughs> Right. Wow. Nicole and I were, were right there. We understood. I'm just. <laughs> so it was a, <laughs> I love, but it is a good one. She stops. She says, "There's a whole bunch of people dying," and then she stops for like a thirty second kiss, where he mimes how erect he is with his trident. Fam. <laughs> the trident the wasn't even. It wasn't even bent though. Like it. No, no, not the metal itself, <laughs> but like he raised it. He raised oh, the trident. That's way less. <laughs> That's way less blatant than I thought you meant. I thought it was like some little mermaid. We like, got hidden. there somehow. Okay. No. There are no hidden penises that we are nope. aware of. Aware of. <laughs> oh, man. I do have to say that I How saw... So, <laughs> just a side tangent. I saw this movie with my friend who is a winemaker, and she started crying in that oh, yeah. scene where all the wine exploded. <laughs> really? Like I looked over and she had a tear in her <laughs> eye. And I was like, oh my God, what is happening? And she's like, it was just so much good wine. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't think to myself, I said, I hope that was just water with red dye because that's a waste. <laughs> <laughs> so was the reason why she could control it is because it was made with water? Yeah. yeah. Guys, guys, 
Bloodbending is the right, best. This is the part where we pause. It's the door. And I can't miss a second of Aquaman, all right? So don't talk about Aquaman. It's not playing. Uh, now I know you're. you're I gonna, will go get okay, more thank wine. Thank you, Diamond. It's the only way I can trust y'all. Word? If she leaves? Okay. I have 60 seconds. And we're I back with it. a 60 second recap about Aquaman. <laughs> Wait, you don't know what right, we are we going? So here we are with a 60 second recap of Aquaman. Truthfully, I think okay. I can do it. But no, you're going to do it. Go, Diamond. You've got a listener base. All right. <laughs> I do. Um, okay, so Aquaman starts off with Arthur telling the story of his parents and how they never should have met, but they met anyways. And he was born. And then she was taken away very, like, viciously from like his dad and him and then then he thinks that she's dead and then all of justice league happens and then we get arthur where he's at now and people appear and they tell him that he needs to stop his half brother from like killing the land people and he goes on pursuit of a cool trident and they travel through the sahara and a bunch of other places and lots of pretty visuals happen. Also, Ocean Master is mentioned one too many times. And uh, lots of things happen. And he gets to try to, and then he becomes Ocean Master. Solid. You had five seconds left. You know, I hear that some people tune in just to hear the 60 second recap. I don't think that's I mean, true at all. Very thorough. Helps I mean, me to know what I have coming up in the movie. I said it to myself, so I did hear it, so it is true. <laughs> okay, as long as well, you don't answer yourself. That I forgot. That's what my dad always says. Like, you can talk to yourself. I tell myself every time that, you know, I look forward to my own 60-second recaps. No, that's what it was. It was, um, you, you mentioned this whole, all the Justice League happens in here. And why is that important? Because, like, I, I mean, me personally, I'm just pretending like uh, Justice League didn't happen. And so I don't care when it happened. I know it did actually take place. But it has no bearing on this movie and so i'm just i like to pretend it didn't i only mentioned it because the fact that people know who he okay. is like i don't think anybody would have known who he was like that whole bar scene wouldn't have happened if justice league mm. hadn't happened so do you yet. look at it as like, the equivalent of uh when new york happened in the avengers universe and then everybody or like when civil war happened and then we got mm. black panther gotcha like i think you get introduced to a character, and then you get the movie about them specifically. So, like, if you're going to stick to the DC universe, you get introduced to Wonder Woman and the Superman-Batman movie, and then you get a Wonder Woman movie. And you get Justice League, and then you get an Aquaman movie. So I think... I Like, I only mentioned it just because I think... Not that it's important, but it does give a weight to people know who he is. Um, That's fair. That's fair. Which doesn't really, like... It doesn't impact him much because of the reasons that Isidore already brought up. Like, he's just, like, a chill dude that just happens to be superhuman. <laughs> um <so> sexy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it just happens to be Jason Ooh, Momoa. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I think there is this level of people recognize him. So I think there is a little bit of that. It's not like he's this, like, who are you kind of Star-Lord thing. It's just like, oh, no, we know Speaking who you are. Speaking of that. Jumon Honsu is in this movie as... Who? Wait, who? Um, the guy who says... Who? Um, no, I know who... <laughs> yeah, I know who Jumon oh, Honsu is, but who is, who is he in this movie? He's the fisherman king. 
Oh, oh that that's how you say his name? What do you mean? He's the black guy? Oh, we just watched Fast and Furious. Do you want to? He was that, the black guy. Got you. Yeah. That's how you say his name, Thomas. <laughs> Blood guy. <laughs> uh, but no, he is in this movie, and he, I don't, I don't know if Thomas wants to go into this, but I will say this is, this is technically true. He is a black man who plays a person whose skin you don't get to see as a fish man, and then is murdered. You know. Like, wait, wait. Go ahead, Can we go back to like Spider Man for a moment and talk about the fact that like Miles had electric powers yes. and how lots yes, of black can. superheroes have electric powers? I love this topic about how black superheroes have electric <laughs> powers. Superheroes. Shall we name them shot. all? Okay, we're going to play. Sorry, I remembered that there was something I needed to bring up and okay, now I'm so glad I remembered this it is now. A throwback for you. But are you ready for this one? Yeah. Something, something. <laughs> Categories. Oh my god. Black people Jesus no. with electric powers. Holy crap. Black lightning. Static shock. Static shock. <laughs> no. Uh, the Jamie Foxx character in Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Ninth in the rhythm. Not my tempo. Storm. Miles Morales. Miles Morales. You went out of turn, Wait, you say cyborg? I said, this game is broken. This game is broken now. I was going to say, I, I didn't Storm. go, so I don't know what's happening. Okay, this is what we got. We got Miles Morales, we got Static Shock, we got Black Lightning, we've got Black Vulcan, who is maybe the same guy, we got Storm, uh, we've got the whole tribe of Black Ninjas from Naruto, um, does, uh, technically Monica Rambeau, because she can do lightning. Does Black Adam Storm. have oh, yeah. shock powers? Black Adam has lightning sort of in his abilities but not like electricity but we can count him historically he's not she's not drawn as a black man in the way the others are but we can count him um yeah we said storm what do you say dagger like the cloak and dagger yeah. dagger is the white one eh. and Chloe does not have electric powers uh. um we got miles morales there is um black lightning and his daughter um one of his daughters mm-hmm. has electric powers the other one is just really strong um, that's that's a, a bit right there. Then you've got um, the black guy from Irredeemable, um, whose name I don't remember, but he is also black with electric powers, whose color is purple, which is another thing. But we'll leave that out for a second. But that's I think that's a good that's a solid number right now. There's also Hakeem Thunder, who doesn't technically have electric powers, but he does have a genie who manifests as electricity. There you go. That's all I wanted to talk about because I was like, "Wait, there was something that I like texted you all about after I watched Spider Verse." What, what was Austin? it? Where's that was it. Texas. Have electric powers. Superheroes, static shot. What were we talking about? We were talking about uh, Gmon oh, Hansu. Yes, he's black and he's dead. Go Thomas. <laughs> yes. Go Thomas. There you go. There's the summary. Uh, Thank you for that sixty second right recap. <laughs> I told you I should do the recaps. <laughs> That's funny as heck. Oh my I'm God. just trying to wonder how that like high pitched squeak sounds to listeners. Is it frequency? <laughs> I hope it sounds oh, amazing. Oh no, I have to edit this. God dang it. Stupid laugh. It's a great laugh. There's a, there's a um, common thing in media 
where they take black bodies and turn them into amphibian creatures. You first saw it in Princess and the Frog. I'm making this all up. This is bullcrap. <laughs> you know what, Thomas? Thomas, let me tell you a secret. I was resistant when you said amphibian, but only because it was too specific. If you had said bestial bodies, I'd have kept going with Oh, that's you. very true. So he's trying to redeem it. Go, no, no, go. I'm not trying to redeem it, but I do agree with you. Isidore, take it away. <laughs> No, this is yours, man. No, they say. I gave this one to you. No, you I was literally. The only thing I was gonna say was uh, Princess and the Frog, where she's supposed to be the first black princess, and then for most of the movie she's a frog, and then you have uh, Blood Diamond, and then he's an amphibian uh, leader, and he gets murdered. Uh, but this was all just a joke, and now I have to justify <laughs> this with the answer. So I'm gonna stop talking now. Uh, well. That was, that happened. Um, so where where are we gonna start on Aquaman? We could start with how sexy Aquaman is. Oh wait, how about what? shot um, drinking game? Because I've got a few ready. I've got a another few one. <laughs> wait, we did some before for him. We haven't done an Aquaman one. Yet. Well, we already talked about the every time we said Ocean Master. Okay. Well, that was for us. I thought I thought I was drinking for those. I think that should just be in general because it said okay, a lot. I'm put one qualifier on it. Anytime they say Ocean okay. Master. Unironically, because <laughs> that's what makes it the good. entire movie. So every time, yeah, every yes, every so time. every time that Patrick Wilson says it specifically because he says it with such so gusto serious. and such emotion. Okay, so here, okay, this is actually a legitimate question. I think um, question. So you've got these comic book heroes, right? And mm-hmm. they, they, I think when they make these movies, they fight against the idea that like comics are dumb, right? And for the most yes. part, we tend to accept that some things might be silly, but we take them seriously. So, like, we got a Captain America, and we yeah. don't think he's just ridiculous on his face because he's wearing a flag. We think we take it seriously, right? So yeah. they, they they have, I think, sort of successfully fought against this idea that comics are silly. And so they shouldn't make jokes of themselves if they want to be taken seriously. But somehow... Of all the things that exist in comics, we've got people who are living planets. We've got people made out of goop. We've got people who are half. We have people who are trees. We have people who are raccoons. But we can't. We we just can't accept someone seriously saying Ocean Master. (laughs) Like we're not there yet as like a people. What is the what like what do we do? I don't think it was. I didn't think it was. As the line is the word "ocean master." I didn't think it was as ludicrous as you guys think. I like me personally. I didn't think it was the worst thing that's been said. But like that was a movie also filled with a whole bunch of bad shit. But I heard people laugh when he said "ocean master." So I'm just yeah. speaking. No, like, as my brother in general. Yeah, no, my brother like laughed every single time <laughs> and would like interrupt the movie so that we could talk about how ridiculous Ocean Master So he was. talked to the projectionist like, and had him pause the movie so that you guys could have a No, full like he would, he would interrupt the movie with me. So I'd be in the middle of the movie and then get an elbow to the side and be like, Ocean Master? Really? Ocean Master? No one laughed at that. They laughed at Ocean Master. <laughs> yep. So, like, can this fight be won? Or is there no turning back? Like, what do we? What is? What's the thing? What do we do? Did that just rhyme? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's just. I think it's the combination of the term "ocean master." I oh, can't even say it without like, shots. laughing. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. Um, 
But also, like, the fact that, like, you know, I did bring up the fact that, like, Patrick Wilson specifically is one who says it quite a bit, and he says it with this amount of, like, passion. And I mean, that's what he's supposed I, to do, though. Like, he... I know, but, like, it's something... He's like I know, but it's somewhat the, the combination of the two. I don't know what makes it so comedic, because it's not supposed to be At comedic. All. It's supposed to be, like, this moment of, like, this is a title that they're really, yeah. truly fighting over. Like, how in Black Panther, they would fight over the title of Black Panther. But, like, something about the combination of the emotion and the term... I'm not saying it again so I don't have to drink. Um, like there's something about it that just I don't know what it was but like everyone in the theater including me laughed almost every single time do you think it's because the but movie, that wasn't like, like as a, a whole you couldn't take it seriously so that like when they talked about stuff they believed in you couldn't take that seriously either or do you think it's the thing they could have gotten away with if they never stopped and paused on it dramatically he's like oh he's trying to be the ocean master or do you think that still would have been too much I think I think potentially I would have gotten over it if it didn't have that dramatic pause with it mm. every time. But I think there was a level, and it's something that I really appreciate about this movie, because um, I've already talked about how I like it. Like I enjoyed this movie a lot. Like I love Black Panther. I love everything that it does for filmmaking and for Marvel movies and just for superhero movies in general. But this one's just fun, yeah. and I think there's this level of like the filmmakers knew what they were making. Like they tried to like have bits where they took themselves very seriously, but they, like, didn't take themselves that seriously even when they were taking themselves seriously. I think there was this moment of, like, they knew that the term Ocean Master kind of was silly. And I think I kind of... (laughs) But I think I, I feel like... It wasn't like I was laughing at the movie. I was laughing with the movie. I think at no point did I feel like there was a... Except for the script. There's no point. <laughs> There's no point in this movie where I felt like I was laughing at anything that they tried to do. You felt like, um, I just felt, you felt like they knew they were making a joke and you were with them? Yeah, like I was in on the joke the entire I think time. one of the things that goes along with that is that people tend to scoff when others give themselves titles that are not earned. And that's, that's just the thing. Like when someone's like, I'm, I don't know, we'll say the king of the world. We're all like, get the fuck out I'm of here. I'm the prince you of winter. You're king of your couch. You ain't king of nothing. <laughs> like, so with this guy who keeps saying this in the movie, like, we're, we just ridicule him automatically because it's just, you're you're an ass and you're so unbelievable. And so then when you tie in, like, the dramatic pauses, it's just like the writers capitalize off of that. And that's, to me, like, what just makes it so funny to all of us. Dolph Lundgren. Seriously, try to say he wants to be the ocean master. Oh my god, I didn't realize that was Dolph Lundgren until the end of the movie. And my brother was like, "How did you not know?" I was like, "I didn't know. I didn't realize he played anything besides." He's Ivan having Dago. a great year. Like, let me tell you. I know. Give me uh, Julie Andrews. Excuse me. Julie Andrews. Yeah, from Mary Poppins, she was also the monster in this movie. The correct oh, or yeah. whatever, yeah. She was. That, that was, was her man. voice. That was her that was voice. a woman's voice? Yeah. What? I mean, obviously, monsterfied, but, like, it was yeah. her voice. All right, Julie, we see you. That's the technical term. <laughs> yeah. I mean, monsterfied. you just hit the setting on your mic. It's monsterfied. Wow. Were you yeah. going to say, Thomas? Thomas, do that to all our voices. No, you've done it, Thomas. Monsterfied.
You know what he sounded like? He sounded like Mr. T. Oh, I thought I sounded like David <laughs> he <did>. Jones. Hi, <laughs> come see me in the seven seas. Okay, <clears throat> not here. I will say with Aquaman, there was a lot working against him. Like, yeah, like a bad script. In the public <laughs> consciousness, I feel like people <clears throat> people uh, just were like, oh, he speaks to fish. That's stupid. And then even how they do it in the film, it looked tight. Like as a kid, when like his eyes changed colors and then all the fish friends in the aquarium was like backing fish him up. Friends. I was like, that's dope. Okay, you know I want to I mean? ask you all about that actually. Because like I wonder, because I think you, you raised an interesting point that like, He's Aquaman's kind of a joke, but like, what do people know about Aquaman? Do like, do people know enough about Aquaman to think he's a joke? Is my question. So what do you? Yeah, three? I mean, I got ahead. you now. What do the rest of the other two use? What are your thoughts on Aquaman? What were your thoughts on Aquaman before we watched this movie? I had none really. All I knew was that this is a man who talks to fish, and he's the king of the ocean. That's all I knew going in. And so I was like, that's King of the Ocean. That's super cool. It reminded me of Poseidon. So I thought it was a, he was like a solid superhero. I didn't know that he was one that everyone kind of, you know, made fun of or scoffed at or thought was lesser. What about you, Diamond? So I, whenever I think of Aquaman previous to this movie, I thought of blonde guy with orange and green jumpsuit. And then immediately I would jump to like Mermaid Man (laughs) from like Spongebob. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So that's where I went. So Aquaman was a completely a joke to me. Like I grew up like my family was like a fan of Aquafan. DC first and foremost. Yeah, we were Aqua fans. Um, but like I remember even just having like I very vividly remember having this cup with all the DC superheroes <laughs> and seeing Aquaman and they tried to make him look cool. They really, really tried. And he still looked so dumb compared to everybody else. And I think like. I don't know. That was just what came to me before they ever cast Jason Momoa as Aquaman. And I think that was kind of... I didn't come into that movie with that because I knew that Jason Momoa was different. <laughs> and if anything, I was going to, going into this movie just being attracted to Aquaman, which is a thing that has never happened before. So... Do you think that the casting is part of... Never mind. <laughs> Wait, please, please continue no, this I'm good. I'm good. What were you trying to say? Do we think that part of the reason that that, I guess, silly perception of Aquaman was not that much of a factor in this movie was because Jason Momoa was the one who was cast as it, what and not this, like, beautiful blonde man with, or, yeah, with, like, long, flowing locks? I think what Thomas is saying, and I think what Diamond is, is sort of supporting, is that there was still the silly perception, even with that even if it was maybe not aimed at this Aquaman but I do think the choice to cast Jason Momoa was very like how do we make him not look like a punk sort of move Uh, and I know that in in the comics that these movies draw a lot from like the idea that Aquaman was a joke is a thing and Jeff Johns wrote him in the New 52 where he was kind of acknowledging and working with this idea that he was a joke and sort of rebuilding him from that. And from that mm-hmm. story, you get a lot of a lot of scenes, actually, like the whole the trench and like the seven 
different people or whatever and like even down to some of the scenes we see in this movie are very similar to like those comics and so I think rehabilitating his image was a very conscious choice and I think Jason Momoa did a lot for that or was at least hoped to but if that's the perception of Aquaman then why would they make a comic with him in the first place out of like all of the other DC people because they already also made comics of everybody or not comic rather but the movie I mean I think perhaps because he's not as big so like think of it sort of like the Avengers or whatever right like you've got all the people who are popular now but they weren't as popular as like Spider-Man and the X-Men before Marvel was able to make movies with them because they hadn't sold the rights because they weren't as popular. So perhaps it was like a, he's not our Batman, he's not our Superman, he's not our Wonder Woman, so we can take more liberties with this character and reimagine him for the big screen. Perhaps. Um, I thought you were saying that like that naysayer was like gangster though, like in the comics that he was just super powerful and like kicked a lot of butt. Am I wrong? Um. He he is he's capable of that, but like there's still the perception that like just the the stuff that came came out of like Super Friends and all that stuff from way back when they had cartoons yeah. like all he does is talk to fish and ride on the back of seahorses <laughs> like that was not always a part of him in the comics, but when they redid him in the New Fifty Two or whatever, they chose to acknowledge that people think of him that way and then do something with that in the comic and mm. um like he is a stone cold badass but all that does is bring him heartache and and oh, yeah and devastation and so Poor little thing um <laughs> but like there's there was a perception that he wasn't all that but he like he's still capable of like throwing submarines in the air taking a bullet to the face and Punching Superman in the mouth, like he's a real strong dude. He's he punched Superman in the mouth. I mean, that's not a thing that happened, but like, oh, he he's really he's a real tough guy. <laughs> he's he's capable of a lot. Well, he t- like even in this movie, he took a rocket to the chest, but so slicing there's... him hurts. Piercing damage is always different <laughs> from blunt force trauma. This is just taken as a rule. I'm gonna say that. But also that guy had Atlantean steel. Steel forged at the bottom of the yeah. oceans with four times the atmosphere of regular whatever the fuck. I don't care. There you go. <laughs> also, I do have to say that my mom was like the happiest person when she saw Aquaman riding a seahorse because that brought her back to the exactly. Super Bowl. I was like, Everything's oh, a yeah. callback. She was like, this movie wasn't worth it if he didn't ride a seahorse. I'm like, oh my god. That seahorse wasn't worth it unless he showed us a metaphor of his own erection in the middle of a battle. Wait, what? (laughs) We did this already. (laughs) You talked about this, Thomas. Oh, I thought you were talking about the seahorse was a metaphor for his... (laughs) All right, guys. Um, I know our listeners are anxious to keep moving, but we haven't started talking about Aquaman yet. Facts. So let me hit on my my, um, drinking game rules for this guy. Oh, God. You guys can add some, but I got some already. And some of these, you may not really appreciate till you watch it again. So go out and watch Aquaman again. Anytime a scene is ended or transitions via an explosion, take a shot. I'm pretty sure they don't know how to end scenes normally because there were a good number of scenes that ended with explosions. And that's how we... That's how we... That's true. 
Yep. Um, take a shot yep. for any time there's obvious or obnoxious music playing, particularly a guitar <laughs> riff. So take that. So You're that dead. would count anything like the five or so times Aquaman turns around and gets a guitar riff from the start of this movie, or um, when Pitbull starts singing. <laughs> that happened once. Song. That happened once. It was a terrible yeah. sample, and they should have left it alone. But there's a lot of those. Okay, so that's one. Um, now, this one I'm not sure about, because I don't speak his his language. I'm sorry, I... real quick. Pitbull did the music for Gotti, and just imagine that. <laughs> a mafia movie. But then you have Pitbull singing about it. Enjoy. Um, Keep going. So, anytime... What was it about to say? Um, anytime it sounds like they're referencing something from like um, Jason Momoa's traditional heritage. So like they reference his <laughs> tattoos and there's a whole bunch of times he says something under his breath that sounds like he's not speaking English. Like he's saying something and I, I don't want to say Maori because I don't know if that's actually where he's from. But like he's speaking his personal language. And I think... I think we should get shots for that, for that heritage, even though I don't know what it is. Um, I mean, the Polynesian thing takes care of that, no? What? Like, the fact that, uh, what's his name, Aaron? Arthur? That Arthur is half Polynesian in this movie? Yeah, I'm saying, like, when it shows up in stuff he says or does. Got you, got you. Yeah. Um, And then also, um, last, last one for me, anytime you're watching this movie... And you think this scene you're seeing is from another movie. What? I, I don't even know how to say this. Oh, well, we're probably going to come back to this Black Panther thing because that's my trap card. Um, we're kind of forever. That this whole movie is Black Panther. But um, there's definitely like scenes in it that feel like other movies. Like when they come out of that beat, I'm back to Pitbull again. When they come out of the ocean to Pitbull singing. That's straight out of a Fast and Furious movie. Also, when they're running through the flavellas of Italy, I know. That's from Fast and Furious 5. Oh, um, we back. I got a list. We back. We back. <laughs> Fast and Furious references go oh, on. We back. I'm doing this. Let's go. We show, back. When they show um, Aquaman about to fight Orm, and you get the fucking stats of these guys, that's right out of Creed. Um, that's from Thor, no? No, they, they didn't do that with They don't like visually show stats like that. Got you, got you, um, got you. I, I need to find my other list of all of these things. But there's so many... There's also a Baywatch reference when he's walking yes. out of the ocean super slow. Yes. There's just so many bits. Like, Okay, I normally don't like to say, this movie is just this movie. I think that's pretty reductive. And also, like, I understand Drag me. Like, movies okay. look like other movies. That's, like, a thing that's going to happen. But there are a lot of very specific scenes that just felt specifically like another movie in this one that's like I couldn't not think about other movies and so anytime you find yourself thinking about another movie take a shot so Wikipedia says about our dear friend Uh Jason Momoa so his father is native Hawaiian Hawaiian and then his mother is German and Native American and he was raised in Iowa. <laughs> but, <laughs> what are they enough, putting that water in he Iowa? He was a marine biology major. 
He wasn't remember. Also, he doesn't own a TV. What? This is Wait, why am I surprised? That sounds like something. I just like that Nicole and I were doing the exact same thing, and we were <laughs> looking up Jason Momoa on Wikipedia. Ready, <laughs> All right, so you guys, do you have any other drinking rules? He's with Lisa Bonet, so whenever you're jealous of that, yep. take a shot. <laughs> oh, fuck. Wow. Whenever like you're jealous about anything class. to do with Jason Momoa's life, whether her it's resume, his relationship, or his body, or his fame, or his money, take how do you shot. go from Lenny Kravitz to Jason? Momoa? <laughs> like you, you ever had that conversation? You're like, yeah, you can't go up. She didn't go up, but it's pretty lateral. It's a lateral move. <laughs> it's solid lateral move. It's different qualities. I don't know. I'm just Man. saying she winning. Good for her. She winning. He winning. Whoa, guys, let's all just take So, a we talked about like comparing to different movies, but like, did you mention like comparing specifically to Black Panther? Because I, I, I did was, that for the entire movie. I was movie. saving that one for our Black Panther sub segment. But we can do that. We can do okay. that right now if you need to. I unveil my trap card. It's Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> Except that you unveiled that trap card really early on because when I saw that movie, the only thing I did was compare it to yes. Black Panther because I when we saw you. the trailer, we said that we saw okay, it's for the listeners, for the listeners, when I told, when we saw the trailer for this thing, I texted all these clowns. I told them, "I'm gonna be real mad if Aquaman is a more capable character than Black Panther has shown himself to be." And I think I was right. What does capable? Yeah, Don't you were. Okay. The capable. minute the movie ended, Isidore literally <laughs> said, "He's like, he's like, I knew it. He's gonna be more capable. I was right." Okay. Thank you for setting me up, Thomas. I appreciate you dying on this for me. You're welcome. Um, so, part of to, to, to briefly recap my problems with Black Panther. I know y'all have heard it so many times before. Um, he won. He what? What? No, go. Oh, I thought you said he won. Anyway, 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 anyway. <laughs> um, I felt that that as a character, he was overshadowed by all the characters around him. He was never as good at anything as they were. And personally, I feel he should be better at most things. But anyway, leave all that aside. Find out where in the podcast I've talked about this before. But um, Jason Momoa, I felt, was shown to be extremely capable, not just physically, which is weird because all the Atlanteans should basically have the same powers, but, um, well, except for the telepathy thing. Um, but he was shown to be better than all of them. In, I mean, in, he could in, breathe in uh, in air. Not all of them could do that. Yeah, the only the the high the high upper class could, um, the royal family and whatnot. They could breathe in water and air, but um, while like the the swimming real fast, the being real strong, the resisting ocean's pressure, seeing that all that stuff, that's what they all shared. He was still they still showed him to be better at all these things, um, and he. So, like, you have that sort of general physical capability. And while they did sort of um, uh, show it to be specific to certain areas, like, he even himself says he's not great at a whole bunch of stuff, but he's real good at being a hammer. He can hit real hard. He's he's blunt force. He's good at that. But then also, he had some sort of, like, secret areas where he was good at stuff. He knew history. He could whatever. And that was sort of a surprise. He had some extra knowledge that other characters didn't have. Um, so you knew what he was good at and then he had some extra areas 
And then on top of that, he also had the specific area of telepathy with marine life that only he was good at. So you could look at Aquaman and see what he was good at above other other characters. And he wasn't good at everything. He didn't need to be good at everything. But he was capable at certain things. You would be proud of him for it. That's what about Black Panther? How is he capable? <laughs> Say a faker. He wasn't. That's how. <laughs> at his all? Sister, his sister what do was, you mean? His sister was as smart as him or smarter. Akoye was as good a fighter or better. He didn't really connect with his people. He didn't know how to be a king. He was only really good at making friends, and sometimes that was on accident. Right, but isn't that the right, goal boy. that we should all have? <laughs> isn't that what matters most is the <laughs> friends you make the along the way? <laughs> Remember that previous you conversation know about Fine. leading questions, Thomas? <laughs> If what matters is the friends you make along the way, Aquaman made all the friends because he can speak with them telepathically. He made friends with the race that was lost, all ocean life, and a monster voiced by Julie Andrews. He's still better than Black Panther. Oh, snap. That's... Wow. That's not true. He never pleased. One thing I do have to say, not on the specific like comparing black man, black, man. black panther, the black man, man. <laughs> black man, the black man. This wine is rubbing off. Anyways, is this we no, find out what Diamond truly is? Black... <laughs> <laughs> no, Black Panther and Aquaman, but the movies themselves is that one thing I remember that Isadora complained about was the fact that there was serious moments undercut by like comedy in just Marvel movies mm. in general specifically like oh, Guardians but like Black Panther does it too but there were some I, the first thing that dawned on me in Aquaman is as much as like we were like laughing with the filmmakers for most of the movie especially when especially when like Ocean Master is mentioned um, <laughs> I know um, there is this level of like when serious moments happen, there isn't, like, comedy to come undercut the moment. Like, one of the first thoughts I had in watching this movie is, like, oh, they just let this be a serious moment. Like, which is not something that I was expecting from this movie. I was expecting comedy to undercut everything. But there was a moment of, like, bad things happened and they let you sit there for a bit. I did, that. I did like that a lot. But I always felt like there was never enough of it. And I feel like that was, yeah. in addition to all the script problems... Um, um, there was that was a huge problem for me because you have some moments like when Aquaman lets Black Manta's father die, or when he has that conversation with Orm right before the fight, or like just other moments where they're they're serious and you have a chance to like see inside them and see what's going on with them, and then have that affect their character. But then like it happens, and like that scene with Black Manta and his father. That ends with Black Manta's father saying, "You have to, you have to leave so you can kill that motherfucker, or you have to live so you can kill something like that, some dumb shit like that." Yeah, you have to live so you can kill that son of a yeah. bitch. And then like the, he's got this great scene with Orm where it's like, you expect him to be, I'm gonna beat you in this fight, but he chooses to instead just like, I always wanted a brother, and 
I didn't expect you to be like this, whatever. And it ends up with kind of a joke when he says, like, I didn't expect you to be such a dick. But, like, that's also just him communicating how he feels. And then Orm responds with this thing, like, I've hated you my whole life, but I don't want to kill you right now. And some of the stuff is hard to believe about Orm, what he thinks or whatever. But, like, in that moment, yeah. they're having some sort of a moment. And then they just move on. And, like, they don't undercut it with a joke. But a lot of these moments, I felt they could have used them to fuel what happens with these characters a lot better. Like, what if that scene with um, Black Manta and his father, and there's no other scene in this movie as, like, difficult for Arthur as figuring out what he has to do with, like, is he going to let this killer live or die and then deal with the ramifications of that? Like, there's lip surface paid to it where it's like, oh, I, I let him die, and now I have an enemy, and he might hurt you, Mira. But, like, that could have been, like, a thing for him throughout the movie. Yeah. Like, the whole interaction between him and Orm, that could have been a thing they touched on more than just... Because they do come back to it right at the end, where it's like, when you're yeah. ready, we can talk about this, or whatever. But, like, it could have been more of a thing. It could have been... Like, it was there. It was there for them to do stuff with it. They didn't... So while I did appreciate they didn't turn every serious moment into a joke, I do think they could have had more of them or like done yeah. with them. Or stay there longer. Like I think I think the worst is the Black Manta. Like I think you showed us yeah, you sent us the video as well the fact that they should have just left him for the sequel. They should have just what? It was just like left him for the sequel. You think he shouldn't have been like, in the first movie? Like he was another antagonist, he was another thing that Arthur had to dodge. But like, I think it's I think it's a problem that DC movies have, is that they have like interesting villains, but they don't spend enough time with them, because we're too busy dodging a thousand other Which villains. Which is a hilarious comment and, after the Spider-Man thing, but cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think they have the opposite problems. Um, uh, because that's how well, we view also it. Is because Marvel doesn't DC DC what? has good villains. Yeah, they don't use them wisely though. But anyway, yeah, and I, th I think that's the problem with this is that Marvel doesn't have good villains. DC does, but they do we don't spend enough time with them. And I think there is, um, I think that's the problem with Black Manta is that he could have been I, even from the trailers. I was like, I'm more interested in Black Manta than I am Orm, because like from a video that Isidore had sent us, like there is this level of like. We've seen this story already. We've seen the person trying to conquer the world. It's the most common arc that we see in superhero movies. What we want to see is the more personal, the more... That's what works in Spider-Verse, is the personal problems and the personal, like, antagonists and the personal, like, Prowler works. Fisk works even in that movie because there is a personal level to it. I feel like Black Mantle is just pointless. It could have been the same exact movie if you took out every single one of his scenes. I feel like he really didn't add anything. He was completely irrelevant up until Italy, at which point it was just neat. We have a fight slash chase scene all through Italy that wasted way too much fine for Nicole's liking. And then he just disappeared <laughs> all over again. So why were you here? It's one of those he really could have just not been in this movie altogether, delete every yeah. single scene exactly right now as it is, and it will be the same exact movie that you would have had before. Yeah. No, I don't I don't agree with that. Where he 
he uh aquaman regrets like leaving uh uh black manta's father to die um which he says uh i feel like they would they're gonna set up the the sequel with carrying out uh having randall park as like the crazed uh news person that they had in the on the tv and then in the uh true end of the movie where he shows up again uh but does he regret it at the like once he killed him and mac manta was you know kind of like up in arms and he was like well how many people have you guys just killed and then he left there wasn't really any remorse that was there well he he shows it's a sort of remorse he like he talks about like when he's talking to mira on the boat um he talks about how oh it was up to me and i let this guy die and now it's a problem for us it's it's sort of he like he doesn't go into it it's not it doesn't seem like i feel bad for what i've done it's i shouldn't have done this because now it can come back and bite me in the ass so you don't think it was one of those regret things like i mean they could have like it there was enough there they could have made that scene a personal regret but i think the way they played it it was an inconvenience gotcha because that is one thing that i thought was dope versus um was it called like black panther how they were saying his portrayal in civil war where um he has like the scene where he's like i don't care or like when he's tracking down um the villain for the whole movie and i thought that he honestly was just gonna murder uh oh boy and i'd have been perfectly fine with that but the fact that when he like retracts his claws and doesn't um but then when aquaman when black manta was like you have to do something and then aquaman's like yeah pray to the ocean for mercy or whatever crap he said um and then actually lets him die i was like that's gangster and i feel like that's what i would have wanted black panther to be just that he has his own sense of justice and follows that code Okay. I mean, that's a few you're allowed to have. <laughs> I don't know. With Black Manta, though, um, I I was disappointed that, like, when they set it up and they show Black Manta and then his father, um, I was like, oh, snap. I thought it was going to be, like, a Tuskegee Airmen type thing where you have, uh, like, an all-black naval base uh, or, like, tone, turncoats or, like, that his crew I thought was going to be all black and then they weren't and then also the fact that he was essentially like a uh, I don't know I took it as a certain way that he was essentially working for uh, Patrick Wilson versus him being like his own man um, I think he was his own man but the like in the movie where we're seeing he was taking jobs for Orm like he probably does his own pirate shit but like right like the pirate shit is getting money on the high seas and he's getting paid right now. So yeah. I, I feel like that's probably not his whole life, but in this movie, he was a tool of warm, yes. Yeah. Gotcha. But on that whole, like, his crew and whatnot, I, and this is a how about this? How about this for drinking? Anytime there's exposition in this movie, take a shot. What? Because exposition, you'd be dead. You'd, you'd be, dead. be dead. Um, I mean, like anytime they they take some time out of the movie to explain shit you should know about their world, like 
like the the scene um, with, with I can think of some. <laughs> Black Manta. He's like, hey, we're in the because I was when I watched this movie the first time I watched it, I was like, why are we stopping in the middle of this submarine heist to talk about my grandfather? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? We have not talked about Grandpa before this. Like, what is it? Why? Is this like my hundredth? Here is his knife. The first time you've heard of this knife is right no, it's now. Really, no, it's his. It's his hundredth um, submarine takeover, and so he gets an award or something. I don't know, but I hated that. And then there was that for him. There was that for every single piece of fucking Atlantis. Like every time Amber Heard talked was exposition. Yes. Let me tell you why we can talk right here in this air pocket and where it came from in a ship in the ghetto of Atlantis. <laughs> the ghetto of Atlantis. Yes. Gracious. And here we are in Sicily and wine has been exploded <laughs> all over the place. But let's talk about Even when she finds <laughs> what is Pinocchio, happening. Like, Did you know Pinocchio was a book? That's a that's a thing that happens. Did you know there is water and sweat? <laughs> Here we are in the trenches being chased by terrible man-eating monsters. Did you know- but let's talk about this first. <laughs> Let me explain how a desert works. It used to be wet here. Did you know that players can work underwater? Let's take it from the boat into the trench. Okay, don't be mean right, on her on that one because you asked that that's question. <laughs> I really I didn't stop him. That one to you. I stopped him at the movie and I go, wait, how is that working? They're underwater. <laughs> yo, I thought the same I thing. I was like, yo, man. How is? But I thought it was like movie magic. I was wrong. No, no we had a quick science lesson. No, but but yes, exposition. Oh my god, the exposition. I was thinking of different ways this movie could have worked, and like other than the complete script rewrite, um, I think the I, I did really like that. Like the movie starts with the whole love story between Tom yes. Curry and Atlanta, yeah, and then ends with it again. What's her I name? I like that a lot, Atlanta. Bookmark that. I play this trap card face down in my chart. Um, like, I like that it starts in the, I think it's like a nice thing to like, you've got this hero, but we're starting with this other story about his parents. I like that. Yeah. Especially when his parents are a thing that he has and no one else has. Um, but. They're special. Like, I feel like they could have also had this movie start with the sinking of Atlantis and cut out a ton of exposition. Like. I don't yes. always need, like, backstory told to me in, like, a visual or whatever, but, like, if they were going to spend all this time explaining shit during the movie, it might have been nice to just have it there to begin with. They should have done like they well, did the with thing- Black Panther, where at the very beginning they explained how Wakanda came to be, why there's different tribes, and they did it in a way that was super fucking cool, and I wanted to see more of that, like, standard kind of deal. That easily could have been a thing that they did to set up the world of Atlantis. It could have been, but I do wonder if they're like, we've cribbed so much from Black Panther <laughs> that we can't. I mean, obviously they didn't. They came out of the same year. They've been making these movies for a while, but like, I wonder Holy if they're like. Holy crap, you're right. That is the this, same year. Oh my God. Is, 2018 was geez, fucking a long. year. Wait, but, but like, oh my gosh. <laughs> what the crap? They're like, no, we, feel like we can't do this. We have this hidden technologically advanced kingdom of people who. And, like, what? they're split into different, like, tribes, but they're all together, and we can't just also crib their intro. And there's one tribe that hates everybody else and doesn't talk to anyone? Also, our plot line is about one king trying to reclaim the throne from another king, and they're just like, we, we gotta stop it somewhere. 
We gotta also Except instead of sand with technology, this one, Aquaman is Killmonger. Instead of sand technology, they have water technology that does the same thing as them. Oh, so goodness. maybe they just drew the line somewhere. They drew the line in the water, and it didn't show the intro. If I had said it the regular way, it still would have been a pun because they had sand technology. So whatever. Sand technology. <laughs> well, one thing I did. It was funny because with all the exposition, they didn't actually give you too much exposition on Arthur. Like, they did show you a little bit about, like, him and Volcor, but, like, there wasn't Volko. a lot of it. And I liked that they kind of just showed you little glimpses of, like, him being trained, but they didn't, like, have a whole, like, training montage. I did like that, except like, teenage, teenage fucking Arthur is the shittiest actor that they have in this whole that movie. That is true. And I feel bad. I, I imagine they cast him because he could do the moves and looked enough like yeah. like um, Cal Drogo to do like, it, and yeah. so they cast him for that. But he was so bad, and there's such there's he a point bad. where they stop to just look at him with a blank background, and he's it's like it's like James Wan walked up to him and said, "Okay, emote," and they didn't give him anything more than that, and he's just like, <clears throat> "My my mother." I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. The well, I think part of it is the combination of that he's in the same scene as Willem Dafoe. Like that man can act. So like, don't put someone who can't okay. act next to Willem but Dafoe. But I think they tried to like weaken Willem Dafoe by like putting him in a leotard and tar- tying his hair back into some sort of like ass bun or something. That's <laughs> true, but it was also really weird that Willem Dafoe didn't die in this oh, movie. Like both my brother and I turned to each other and was like, "He's gonna <laughs> fucking die." This is what happens to oh, Willem Dafoe. Can I talk about for a quick second, though? Okay, so we know he was. We know he was like raising Arthur behind Orm's back, right? But there were yeah. so many times I thought he was really the real villain of the whole movie, and he was running like the secret triple game. Where he's like, "Yes, please go on and start this war. <laughs> please do this. Please." And, like I really thought I was so mad when like they Orm did figured out what he was doing. Yes, because I'm like, it would have been so much better if he was just the real villain and he was orchestrating the whole thing <laughs> on his own. I would have loved that. And he would have pulled it off. He would have pulled it off. Can do that. He would have cut back his because, ass bun. Because of Spider-Man. <laughs> We're going to bring it back to Spider-Man. <laughs> because not Finish it! <laughs> and to kill Nicole. <laughs> oh, this movie could have been so much better if he had been the real villain. How Isidore would have made it could have been so Aquaman much better with better. real writers. Oh. Also, real editors. We need a okay. new segment called How Would Isidore Fix This Movie? Okay, so <laughs> I would fix this movie. I intro with Atlantis sinking. Atlantis? Yeah, Atlantis okay. sinking. And then Willem Dafoe is a true villain. And definitely okay. more the casual um, bro Aquaman. I like it. And then also the Missing Kingdom. Here's where mm-hmm. it gets weird, guys. The missing kingdom is Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia. Oh my god. <laughs> and all the black people are the lost tribe of Atlantis. This is perfect. And <laughs> I, would, I would watch the shit out of that movie. And and that's the thing though. Right now, Donald Glover do is it. filming. He's filming that show right now. And in the third season of Atlanta, he reveals that they've all been like the descendants of the Atlanteans this whole time. 
Audience, what you're missing is Thomas dying because he just almost spit. See, fake. he drank some water and he choked, but if he were an Atlantean, <laughs> he'd be able to breathe. <laughs> if he lived in Atlanta, Georgia, he would have been just fine. Realized what you just said. Tie the Royal Housewives of Atlanta into what you say? How are we going to tie the Royal Housewives of Atlanta into Those are the witches <laughs> of the. Uh, we've explored the science, but not the magic. And so the witches. The, they have a sort of spiritual connection with the water. And they always and they drink. They always throw drinks at each other anyway, so. You know what that is? That's a. To hydrate one a another. Hydrokinetic attacks. For their own well being. They're all little black mirrors. What is that supposed to mean? Black mirror? Black mirror? Black mirror? Oh, uh, what am I connecting right now? I don't know. I'm bullshitting that one. But no, Atlanta. Atlanta is the, the hidden city, the lost city. That's All the black people came ashore. Oh, because this is what happened. This is what happened. We're going to bring Droga's waves into this. And I the, knew it. And the the uh, moment you started talking about Atlanta, I was like, this is Lupe Fiesta. The lost city, <laughs> like the lost tribal people, they rescued the slaves from the slave ships. They pulled some of them down. Not all of them, obviously, because we still got slaves in America. Uh, and they pulled some of them down. They bred with them. And then they settled in Georgia, in Atlanta. And that's where they came from. Um. Mic drop. <laughs> and Diamond said that they'd have better editors. Yeah, that would also help. <laughs> I was really hoping that once they got through all of the trench creatures with their crazy magical science flares that go underwater, that's that... just chemistry. I was hoping that there was going to be like a whole kingdom behind there. Like a kingdom uh, that nobody thought existed. They just thought about the creatures of the trench and didn't realize there was a thriving community. I was so excited. And so then when we saw a fish person just like walking around on the shore, I was gripping Isidore. I was ready for it. I was ready for that moment. And then it was just this queen. Granted, she was the lost queen. So that's super cool. That's another shot. Go. That's another shot because that's Ant-Man and the Wasp. Go. Okay, yeah. speaking of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Nicole Kidman looked exactly like Michelle Pfeiffer when she was coming out of that, like, time war. Okay, and speaking of that, Amber Heard looked Had just like Scarlett Johansson. Age. Scarlett Witch, wait, not Scarlett Witch, Scarlett Johansson and Amber Heard are the same person. Get the fuck out of here. Watch that hair dye. That hair dye color came from the same mm -hmm. box. Yeah. Wait, that's age. Amber Heard? Like Johnny Depp, Amber Heard? Yeah, that's Johnny Depp's Amber Heard. Yeah, he Amber Heard. Like, she's she's not Johnny Depp's anymore. <laughs> Thank she, God. She never was. She's her own person. There you go. That's um, true. Her body, her choice. <laughs> um, but yeah, about? no. Uh, Nicole Kidman, Michelle Pfeiffer look the same. Yeah. I mean, they're How did she they not age? They're hydrated real well. They don't... White, <laughs> white don't crack go. underwater. <laughs> or in the space-time continuum. That also apparently. helps, I bet. How is that a space-time continuum? You no, I'm just talking stopped. about. No, I'm talking about Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, like she also got a coat in *Amen in the Wasp*. Well, and that was the same in like with Nicole Kidman. She got like armor because she apparently <laughs> killed a trench. Yeah, because thing. that's what you do when you're living somewhere for 20 years. You kill the people around you. You wear their skin. And you Ew. habitate with dinosaurs. Hey man, as you should. Motion in the Why ocean. was there dinosaurs? That's my question. Okay, because this is a why old, like, wasn't there? No, because no, it's no, the no. center of the earth. That's old Jules Vernean thing, where it's like there's the center of the earth is hollow, and there's dinosaurs. It's like um, yep, 
Godzilla, the thing they're doing with Godzilla right now, it's yeah, and King Kong since they're connected or whatever, it's like that's their sort of thing. Cinder Earth is hollow, monsters exist, dinosaurs never died, nope. all that sort of stuff. Although I will say, I love okay, I haven't really gotten into all the same things I loved about Aquaman yet, so let me just say a yes, few please of them. tell us because like we already know what we what's bad about this movie. Yes. So what I like about this movie, other than just, like, Cal Drogo's casual superhumanness, superhumanity, I guess. That's just Jason Momoa. Yeah, yeah, okay. But also with Waterworks. Um, What I also like is the movement. Like, movement's, like, a really important thing for me. Like, I don't know if... I don't don't think I've ever talked to someone and they'd be like, oh, yeah, I understand what you're talking about here. But, like, for me, I like the movement of things through space. I love Spider-Man because of how he moves. Even that really shitty, amazing Spider-Man, there were some scenes where he fights the lizard where I love just, like, how he moved through space. It, it felt like something for me. But, like, I like Aquaman. Just, like, how he's shooting around through the ocean. I love it. It's great. But then you've also got stuff like where Orm rides on the back of his fucking dinosaur. That's a dinosaur. Yeah. That's a dinosaur. Fight a summary. What? I love that he has a dinosaur, and I love that Wait, it ties. What? what? Arm has a dinosaur. You know, alligators. Alligators have fin, like feet, right? His thing had fins. It was like a baby roasaur yep. or something. I don't know, but like what the crap. His I'm thing. I'm glad I didn't see that bull crap. His thing <laughs> was a dinosaur, not like a regular terrible. thing that exists. And um, I like that that connects sort of to the hidden people because the dinosaurs still exist there, and also the idea that like. The ocean contains mysteries and things don't age down there. That's how we've got stuff like Meg, the movie and the book, where the Carcharodon Megalodon has existed from prehistoric times just because it was deep enough. I like that. Um, and he rides it what and scary, fights dude. with it. It's cool. Um, so movement is great and I love that. And I love... There's a whole bunch of shit there and I feel like if I say world building it sounds weaker than I mean it but like I like that they have a whole world down there that um, as much as I liked it in Black Panther I liked it more in Aquaman because like in I feel like in Wakanda you get the royal family or whatever but you don't get any of the rest of the world you walk down one street in Wakanda in sure. Atlantis you go all over the place and not just in Atlantis but the other kingdoms of the underwater world they sit there, it's not a it's not an action movie, it's an adventure movie where they go across the world, find different places, you get to see the trench, you get to see where the brine live, you get to see where the fishermen people live, and like you just get different versions of underwater. You get like the regular mermaid thing that's in myth, you get people underwater, you get monsters. Like they start the movie with a real obvious pan down to an HP Lovecraft book. One, because they're lighthouses in Maine, and also because they got sea monsters. And I don't really feel like they ever pull off the reference to H.P. Lovecraft. Like, sure. I don't think they they get all the way there with it, but they at least get like. You the, think that's why they did what they did? Absolutely. Because, like, the whole unknown monster from the deep thing, like, really a lot of Lovecraft stuff is like creatures from beyond space or whatever, but, like, there's also. Cthulhu and whatnot and monsters that live down in the ocean. Um, but like you've got your Karatha, I think. Julie Andrews. 
Um, yeah. She's down there, and, like, again, I don't think they fully pull off the comparison to Lovecraft, but, like, you've got a wide range of things in the ocean, and they they don't explore any of them well enough, but they show you all of it, and it's cool. And I like that world that he can play in. I think it's it's exciting. I think it's cool that, like, how does how does Aquaman fly underwater? I don't know. But how does Superman fly in the sky? No one gives a fuck about that. It's the same yeah. thing. Um, and I just, I like that all that's there. And it's mm. fun, and you can feel it, and you can enjoy it, and you can whatever. Even if the characters in it can't talk to each other, right? And they can't transition from scene to scene without an explosion. So the, the, that audio, la, 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 like, la, la, of him being underwater... I'm sorry, I feel like I just cut you completely No, off. it's fine. It's just a real bad movie. Um, the audio, like, was <laughs> so distracting, like, for a very long time. You it mean took with me them, out of the movie. With them I talking did. through water? And you yeah, I did not like that at all. And you know, it was weird, because it wasn't consistent. Like... Sometimes it was more prevalent than others, and that was weird. And, I don't know, for some characters, I just wish they would have set a level and then kept it moving. Like, I think there's some weird stuff that, like, you needed to get over in order to enjoy it, but, like, you couldn't always. Like, the voices underwater, like, that was a tough thing. But then also, yeah. like, like that, I could get over the voices eventually. The last time I remember hearing it and watching is like when Orm is talking to Arthur um, while he's chained up. Um, also, Arthur's stronger than like four other Atlanteans, so he is superhumanly strong on top of them all being really strong. But anyway, anyway. Um, so, like, that was the last time I heard the voice thing, but the whole thing they do where they're like in water but floating and their heads don't seem always connected to the rest of the world. Like, visually, that part I never fully got over. Mm. So, yeah, there is some stuff that's like... I feel like... I don't know. This might be a wild thing to say, but, like... One, I feel like the technology for the thing he was trying to do doesn't quite work yet. Like, so it's not seamless. You can see what he wanted, but... It's not there yet. But also, I feel like a lot like it's... Like, Avatar and that, like... They've created a whole thing, and everything works differently, so it's weird and it's jarring. But Avatar, I think, worked a little better than this. But just talking about the the last Airbender? Are you talking about? uh, No, I'm talking about James um, Cameron. James Cameron. Yeah. Okay, so the blue one. Yeah. So they just completely created a whole other world and environment to exist in. I just don't think this one worked as seamlessly as that, and I don't. Maybe by the time the next movie comes around, they can make shit look and feel and sound like it's supposed to but I got what they wanted yeah well in a way of tying this movie into Spider-Verse I think there is an interesting thing of like that both of these movies tried to create a new version of technology to create what they were trying to show like I know the whole thing when we first watched the trailer for Aquaman is just like this is what they've been working so hard to create because it doesn't look good and I think I had, like, texted you guys, like, months later. And was like, is it just me or does the Aquaman trailer look better? And I think they, in a way, kind of pulled off what they were trying to pull off. But 
it wasn't quite finished where Spider-Verse pulled off what it was trying to pull off with its new technology, yeah. partially because it was animated. And they yeah. could get away with some of it. Mm. Whereas I think this one, like, there was like little aspects that even just the underwater technology, it was like, people's hair would have been all over the place. I know what my hair looks like underwater. Like, I like there's no way Orms would have stayed in that like perfect point in the back Truthfully, of his head. I think that's why they tied so much of their hair down so that you wouldn't yeah. have that complaint. But like, I think, I don't know if you could apply the uncanny valley to things that aren't people, but I think that's part of it. Like with Spider-Verse, like if it doesn't match, that's fine, it's animated. This, if it doesn't match, there's still people and you know what the water looks like and you know what yeah. underwater looks like. So it it's jarring. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think there was an interesting point with that of like two different technologies that they're trying to employ here and both Spider-Verse and an Aquaman that like, what? you know, Aquaman maybe in like five years could have pulled it off. But like in order to pull off things like this, they have to make some sort of mistake. And I think that they did a really good job even with some of the errors that they had. I think, mm. yeah, they did a lot with what they have right now. But oh. it doesn't take away from the fact that there's script issues. Like, even, oh, like, so my... gosh, <laughs> man. You so my friend, you back down, huh? No, my... So my friend who cried about the wine also, <laughs> for the first, like, 15 minutes, elbowed me and like... So my brother was elbowing me about Ocean Master, and she was elbowing me about the fact that, like, if someone did that to a submarine, that they would have all been dead. Yes, because, because the no... bends is a thing and pressure is a thing. But if you're going to see a movie about it's a Aquaman, movie though, you have to accept that some shit doesn't work. Right, right it's a movie because like there's like seven no, her... different things that would kill Aquaman. Like you can't go he up and down that He speaks to fish, but oh, water. physics, no, 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 the crap. No, no, <laughs> fuck that. Like just basic survival, he would freeze to death. He would be crushed by pressure. He'd have poison in his blood from going up and down too quickly. He needs a swim bladder. Like, it doesn't make sense. What the crap is a swim? I don't want to know. It's a thing where you can put the extra gases in your body so that you don't die if you're a, a marine mammal that goes up and down. He'd either need, Audience, like, oil You'll never be able to see Thomas's face. Or something to heat his blood inside his body so he wouldn't die. Or he'd have too much salt in his body. Aquaman doesn't work, right? And if right. you accept that Aquaman doesn't work, you have to accept that he's not instantly killing people he saves in the ocean. I'm sorry. I'm going to get off my high seahorse on that one. I just oh, think God. you need to know. Like, I get it. I get it. Like, you can maybe accept that Aquaman can do whatever, whatever, but then not accept that humans can. Okay, fine. That's a problem for you. But... Don't watch superhero movies. Go home. <laughs> and that's what I told her. The end. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't expect to, to have that little right moment there. right there. This boy was like, this is all the stuff that I know about the sea. He got real <laughs> fired up by chemistry. Hey, I went to a marine biology school for a while. <laughs> also, I like animals and the ocean. <laughs> And octopus. Octopodes. <laughs> if we going to be real pretentious. All right. Fine, then. But I'm going to just say octopuses or octopi. It doesn't matter. It's a word. Octopodes. Also, linguistics. 
So there. Yeah, that's a thing he knows about. So there. So Bumblebee. Wait, 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 wait. Let me just go over my notes for Ava. Make sure we're all good. Okay. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I've got like maybe one or two things. Um. But I guess I wanted to ask you guys. Well. Yes. I'm gonna leave the Black Manta stuff alone, but I want to ask you guys: How did you feel about the actual mechanics of the world they created? Do you have any questions about it? Like, because like I thought it was cool that tridents were sort of like a royal weapon that could mm-hmm. do some things that their regular weapons couldn't, like manipulate water. That's cool. I thought it was very cool that. Um, the whatever happened to Atlantis sort of like jump started mutation in the people of Atlantis, yeah, so that everyone adapts to the water, but not everyone adapts the same way. So, you've got different kingdoms that have adapted to the ocean life in different ways, and that's interesting. And that gets you stuff like the brine and the fishermen and the whatever the, the trench, and then the regular. Excuse me, human the races. The crab people. Those are the brine, yeah. And and then that means you also get extra mutations like telepathy or hydrokinesis that Mira's got. So I thought that was all cool, but I didn't know if y'all did. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I just thought that all of that was interesting. I think, I think it was a, bit of that movie that I thought they could have gone into more but I think if anything that's kind of my biggest complaint about Aquaman is there could have been more that we got into with that movie Hmm. that we just kind of left undone because like it wasn't going it was a two and a half hour long movie but it wasn't going to try to be Avatar which was three and a half hours long of just world building Um, there's no way in the world Avatar was three and a half hours uh-oh. It was long, and they had a director's cut, which is like oh my four god, and a half hours. wow! It was almost three hours, two yep. hours and forty-two minutes. Yep. Jeez. I think so. I think there could have been so much more world building that they did, but I really appreciated the little bit that they did because I think there was so much more that they could have gone into. And I think, in a way, we talked about it. Like, <clears throat> if it had been done well, like it would have been done. In, Isidore's fashion in terms of like telling the fall of Atlantis and talk, talking more about the people and having more Glover and <laughs> <laughs> and all those other things um, and Atlanta, Georgia. Um, <laughs> but I think, but I think there was an interesting part of that. It did leave us more open to an entire world that we got a glimpse of in Justice League and got more into with this movie. Um, and made it more interesting and made it something that like I cared about instead of just seeing as a joke like I saw in like Super Friends or I saw in something like growing up that it wasn't something I thought was interesting Um, but I think I think it's fascinating in terms of looking at Aquaman and even looking at Wonder Woman um, these mythological civilizations that people just decided didn't exist anymore and having them as worlds that exist inside the DC universe yeah. that we can revisit. Hmm. And I think that's a really cool thing that we can 
we could possibly tap into. I don't technically, like, I don't have faith that we'll tap into it. <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> it's there, though. It's there. And I think that's something that's unique to the DC universe at the moment, is that we have these mythological things that we could tap into yeah. and these worlds that we could build more into, whereas I think Marvel very firmly exists in our own world. Ex- like, well, and I mean, yeah. keep going... Well, and I keep going back to Spider-Verse because Spider-Verse has those multiple, like, universes and things like that that are fun to tap into. But, like, Marvel, ex- besides, like, existing in our in our universe and our solar system and having all these things, like, thanks to Guardians and Thanos and all this stuff, like, it's very firmly placed on Earth and placed in a version of reality. Yeah. Whereas I think DC has something that's more mythological hmm. and we could like very much build into this really cool world building um, of mythology, which would be something so fun and different that DC could tap into mm-hmm. and make it different than Marvel. Right. Um, Truthfully, I don't I know what that's where the they're build. heading with Shazam. Like, like their next movie that comes out is a kid who turns into a superhero based on the gods like several different gods giving power like I think they could lean real hard into the myth and magic side of the universe and make something that's interesting and fun and different as long as they don't fuck it up (laughs) yeah because I think Marvel has the science versus magic thing like thanks to Doctor Strange and Stark and all this other stuff but they don't have myth and myth is something that DC has a corner market on. Right. And, mm-hmm. like, if they could just tap into myth. I mean, but they I have, like, Krypton, Gotham. Like, Marvel no, doesn't got, really They have magic and universes opinion. and space and all this other stuff. But myth is something that I don't think... Like, Krypton still exists in a different universe. And, like, Marvel still has the ability to tap into different universes and different planets. Mm. But DC has that that corner marker on myth there's different things that the universes are good at like marvel i think diamond is right marvel as at least in the cinematic universe has a lot more in the sort of grounded and science-based or science exaggerated um thing and dc is doing more successful stuff with their with their myth stuff um it could be seen as like uh, Marvel is high science and DC is high magic. Like they just Can you break that down those ways. Just like in the movies we see, like the Hulk is a science experiment gone wrong. Captain America is a science experiment gone right. Iron Man is a science hero. A lot of it is very science and science fictiony. Even when you get out into space, you've got like science heroes and spaceships and and all that sort of stuff. It's very it's very sciency. Um, at least in what people expect from science when they go watch movies or science and, fiction. And Thor and Doctor Strange go out of their ways to talk about how magic is, is science. science. Yeah, like they they bend it into that, just like oh, it's just a different way of seeing the science of of the universe. Oh, you just, it's all the same stuff. Whereas DC, the only things they've done right or half right is when they've taken their their heroes and like appeal to the myth and magic side of them like Wonder Woman and Aquaman like because you can take Aquaman as just 
it's science fiction we don't understand and we don't understand how their tridents work or their energy system works or whatever but like it fits real easily into myth and magic and like Atlantis is a myth and they don't explain any of their science so like it fits into that and they should probably lean into it so is that uh is that all the things we wanted to cover for Aquaman <laughs> there was something else something else came up okay well, Diamond was talking, <coughs> the, she compared it to Wonder Woman. She mentioned Wonder Woman. And one thing I think is fun, interesting, is the thing that, that Wonder Woman didn't do well is its third act, how it dealt with yeah. its villain, right? That was bad. Um, yes. And then, like, in a lot of other Marvel movies, the common complaint is third act, bad, or it's all just a big fight, whatever. Or there's a huge bolt of energy that comes down. I that is that a thing that. people say. Um, truthfully, I think Marvel has addressed or is addressing a lot of those sort of third act issues. Like we've got Doctor Strange does not end in a big fight; it ends in a big conversation, and like there's some other things there. But these are still complaints of whether or not they've been addressed. Right? Um, I think. Aquaman is an interesting comparison to to Wonder Woman because you've got um, it's not the, the final fight of the movie but you've got like where he goes to get the thing that makes him able to have the final fight when he goes to get the trident he fights a big monster and this whole movie what have we we've seen Aquaman is good at one thing beating things up, right? He's yeah. good at getting in a big fight and winning a big fight. He's not good at a whole bunch of other shit, but fighting, he's good at. So when you set him up against a monster, he's going to fight that monster. And when he's going into that cave, I was thinking like, this is only the true king may pass. And I'm like, what kind of system is that? Like, what makes him the true king? What do they know? Whatever. And I was like, I don't, I don't think anything they do at this point will be satisfying when it comes to the idea of something that makes him a true king. Right? I thought it was like a King Arthur, <clears throat> like a uh, uh, sword in the stone type thing. Yeah, but that's mystical. And that doesn't jive with what's going on right there, right? Like, I was thinking, what? how is some system going to recognize him as a true king? That's what I was thinking. Gotcha. So when he goes in and has that fight... He fights that... Well, he, he tries to fight it, and he fails. He cannot win that fight physically. And so... And also, like, we go into it, and this thing's talking to him, and we think it's just talking to him, and then we realize, oh, wait, it's not talking to him. It's thinking, and he's hearing it, because his power is telepathy, and that's also the thing that King Atlan had. That was mm. the thing that, that signifies yeah. that he is a king not just like random bloodlines or whatever but like he has inherited this specific ability and it's one that lets him communicate and it's a thing he does that's separate from his acknowledged good skill of beating shit up yeah um and so like when it comes to these third acts always being the same one big fight he does actually after this go on and have one big fight whatever but like he gets his trident not because of his ability to punch someone harder, but because he talks to this creature, mm -hmm. acknowledges his flaws, and says, 
but I gotta try this thing anyway. And the creature lets him and he succeeds and whatever. And maybe that's not as fulfilling as it could be, but it's not just I beat up a monster. I get a I get a cool weapon, um, and I think that's um, it's the sort of thing they didn't have to. They could have made it just a fight. They could have made it whatever, but like it was it was something else. And I liked it. So hey guys, I know it sounds like we're just gonna keep continue talking, and that's because we did, but. <laughs> This file is getting real, real, real big. So we're going to end the episode here, and you can finish up with us on the next episode. This will be part one, and you can hear us on part two of whatever we end up titling this episode. It's been great having you, um, and we'll see you next now. All right? Bye. Peace up. Baytown down. Nicole, peace <laughs> Star Lord. <laughs> Ocean Master. Oh my gosh. Take a shot. And that's uh Diamond and Thomas taking shots right now. We'll gang, see gang. y'all next time. I ran time. out of uh water. But... Water shots. Alright. We'll catch it. you next time. Peace.